Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday show here on twitch.tv slash TV. My name is James Chen. Hey, I'm Ultra David. How's everybody going? <laughs> How's it going out there? And wow, my, my, my water bottle is miraculously cutting through your arm. I don't know how that's happening. Oh, yeah, I, I had surgery recently and... Part of it is that there's now a new hole in my arm. <laughs> it's okay, I'll be alright, but that Dude, is part of the process. Do we have all new notifications here or something all of a sudden? I just saw the subscription notification came up all green. Oh, yeah. That did happen. <laughs> okay. I was trying to figure out how to make it, like, have multiple different ways to do that. Anyway, I didn't figure it out, so yeah, heads up. Okay, okay, good to Anyway, know. how's it going, everybody? All right, it's Tuesday show. Um, my bad for not having a Tuesday show last week, but somebody I married to had a birthday last week, and so, you know, we had to do all sorts of birthday <laughs> stuff. You know how it is. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Oh, sorry, man. right? I need to, I, I need, like, is there a way that I can get more of your chest into the shot by any chance? Or, or just sit up in your chair, maybe, you know, quote, sit up in your chair. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, look at that. Dude, nice. Okay, that that actually worked great. I just leaned, I just leaned back a little bit. So. Okay, that's perfect. That's perfect. There we go. Okay, okay. There we go. There, now, now, now. Just leaning back slightly. All right, yeah, cool. Well, anyway. <laughs> so, look, again, uh, it's my bad for not having the Tuesday show last week. Um, we ate the best cake, and I put myself in that conversation as somebody who actively partook in it. <laughs> you when eat in cake. reality, you uh, eat Kentley, cake. my wife, made uh, a fantastic cake. It was super cool and gigantic, and it was—it looked just like a geode. It was remarkable and extremely good. I mean, the thing about anyway—that was my last Tuesday. Th that's the thing is that you eat cake all the time, so you probably are a pretty good connoisseur of uh, of good cake at this point. Well, she would not tell you that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely know more about cake than I ever did before, that's for sure. Uh, and it was awesome. Yes. Um, but anyway, that was last week, and so now we're here this week, and we have some news to catch up on. Yes. Now, now not a lot of stuff is happening, right, but, you know, certainly some stuff happened last week that we're going to cover, as well as some, some stuff this week as well. I do want to give you a shout-out, though. I really do appreciate that you're trying to do this homage to the Beatles with your haircut right now, you know? <laughs> James, I haven't had a haircut in the year 2020. Are you serious? Yes. Holy crap. My actual plan was to get my haircut after Final Combat, which was the beginning of March. Right. And I got home from Final Combat and the world shut down. Like, yeah. Right then. So uh, I'm out of luck. It's been since November of 2019 that I've had a haircut, and uh, I'm just at this point. I'm just I'm just going all into it. I mean, I didn't even really. I took a shower a little bit ago, and I didn't even really comb it. I'm just letting it do whatever it likes to do. It's do, do, look do at this guy. It's all over the place here. I mean, your cats, they, they have claws, right? So maybe they can try to help cut your hair a little bit. Or well, something. I mean, we do have scissors. You know, humans own those things. But I just <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. It's all right. I'll. I'm not against it. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> a 
Fortunately, I got my hair cut almost right before the shutdown happened, but my hair grows fast, so it won't be long before uh, uh, it'll get that way. Speaking of the Beatles. Yeah, for it sure. It won't be long, yeah. Yeah, anyways. Um, anyways, well, all right, look, let's get to the topics a little bit here we're going to briefly talk about some stuff there are still some cancellations and postponements going down yeah uh, still not everything is done with yet but then we'll talk about game stuff um you know we've had feedback about the show over the last few weeks as we've all been in this weird coronavirus time and people you know like that we do talk about the things that are going on but in addition i understand that most people would like us to talk about games and and have this be more of an escape and i i totally get that so we'll we'll spend quite a bit of time talking about strive and other game news we'll talk about uh some five five matchup topics that i think are kind of fun we'll talk about some interesting stuff yeah uh there's other game news there's some community news to get to as well and that'll be the show yeah but i mean obviously this whole coronavirus thing is kind of at the forefront of everything of course so it's kind of impossible not to talk about uh of course so, you know it's going to be a topic no matter what um so yeah, see that's the thing. It's like I'm terrified of this prospect of potentially me having to cut my own hair at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see how long it lasts. That but should be fun for me. As, as far as as far as this um, last couple of weeks in terms of cancellations and postponements, to no surprise, the Intel World Open is postponed until 2021. Already, the Olympics were postponed. <laughs> Right. right, and if the Olympics yeah. are going to be postponed, this event, which was going to have Street Fighter and Rocket League, timed along with the Olympics in Japan, we all expected that to also get postponed. So yeah. not a big surprise that it that it actually would. God, you know what? I mean, I actually agree with uh, Paulo in the in the chat saying that it felt like a Final Combat shutdown stuff felt like almost like a year ago already. It's really? wild. The amount of time that has gone by is not actually that much, but it just feels like a really long time. Yeah. Thanks to Fonte7686 for the sub nine months yeah. in a row. Much obliged. Yeah, it's true. It, it feels like it's been quite a while, but no, we've just been stuck in our apartments, and I think that makes it feel like a lot of time has yeah. passed. Well, that and the news is just so dense, right? It feels like every <laughs> single day there's so much stuff to digest. I mean, I'll tell you right now, uh, I mean, the past couple, the past maybe a few days, I've been really feeling the cabin fever, but I think a lot of that also just came, like, before, you know, <coughs> Olaf and I would just go out and grab food every once in a while, and you sure. would get out of the house, and you would be getting a chance to chat with somebody else. Well, he's been, you know, uh, with his girlfriends for the longest, for the past few days, and I just literally haven't left my house at all, and I, I think the cabin fever really just started getting to me because uh the last the last couple of days have been rough man <laughs> but you know intentionally yesterday i drove out to go get fast food today i went out and did some shopping and stuff like that so hopefully you know you know going out and getting a little bit of the sun yeah you know might be kind of nice so yeah we've been taking walks um we have been at least trying to be outside a little bit, you know, uh, my wife read outside for a little while earlier today on our balcony. We're not putting ourselves in contact with people, but we are at least trying to, yeah, get a little bit of sun, get a little bit of mm -hmm. exercise, do at least something. My brother and his wife 
took a drive around San Francisco where they live, not to do anything, but literally to just they were in their car right. driving around, like right. just to get out. Like a, I feel like that's like a hundred years ago thing, like where when cars were new and you would just like get in the car and wow, we just drive around and that's it's a blast. But they did it again and uh, they actually enjoyed it and they sent us pictures. Truck <laughs> <You know, laughs> like, out the sites in San Francisco. Uh, we were like, I mean, we've been there, like yeah. Okay. But but to them, since they've been inside for so much, it it just feels good to be outside even if they're not actually outside they're in their car yeah i'm i i gotta do something with that because like i said just i i have been getting cabin fever pretty badly and just like like i said i've i've i felt a lot of motivation just drop in the last uh couple of days two or three days yeah. just like everything just feels it started i don't know like not to be super depressing i know we didn't want to be no. depressing or whatever but it just started well, to feel like speak honestly like a lot everything just started kind of feeling almost kind of pointless you know what i mean it's weird it's just like i just wasn't sure you know what i was doing and it's like what's the point of streaming what's the point of playing street fighter 5 you know all these things and it was just like uh, it's just it's it's hard it's hard right now you know and trying to figure out how to to make it through this kind of thing and yeah uh, it's not been easy for me either um i've had the same sort of feelings where look i really like my favorite fighting games right now are mortal kombat 11 and street fighter 5 i haven't played them in a little while and it's just because i feel like i haven't been in a good state of mind for competing i've been playing a lot of killer instinct it's not really the same sort of like, I'm at a very learning basic level with that game, and I'm okay with that. But if if I were to try to put my mind towards, like, really competing in something yeah. right now, I think I wouldn't do well. I And and knowing that I wouldn't, and if I didn't do well, that would make me feel worse mentally. <laughs> so I'm focusing my efforts, my mental efforts, more on maybe learning something new. I've been playing a lot of Doom instead, like, not even playing fighting games at right. all. Um, because, you know, yeah, I've been in this kind of weird mental funk, and I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but for me, when I compete in a game and I try to take it seriously, but I feel like I'm not doing well at taking it seriously, mm -hmm. that even makes me feel worse. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I've been, I haven't been playing my favorite games lately, uh, and that's, I mean, it's a bummer to not, to not play them, but I think that that's probably the right call for my mental state right now. Yeah, I wonder if that might be something that's affecting me because, like I said, I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Five, and it's just yeah. I just keep getting mad when I play the game. I also think it just happens because I'm not using the easiest character in the game, to be honest. Uh, I almost feel like I should just go learn Colleen or G or something like that just so I can beat up on people and feel good. <laughs> well, I think G t does take a lot of time to learn, but yeah, I mean there are there are certainly better characters who are who are easier. Yeah, it's just you know Lucia is one of those characters that doesn't have the built-in mix. You know, it's not like you're gonna be able to try to autopilot some Laura stuff. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. there's none of that. So but... Laura also takes a long time to learn, though. Yeah, yeah, they all take a long time. But the thing is, what it is is that Lucia has no scrub killing. That's, okay. I guess, that's the best way to put it. 
She can't. She doesn't have a scrub killing tactic. Not a scrub buster. Yeah, she doesn't have a scrub buster where a lot of I other see. characters do, right? So at that level, you can kind of just get away with doing so. Obviously, once you get to the highest level, they're all equally as hard. And I actually think Lucia becomes stronger at the highest levels yeah. because she has the real tricks and you can use those but all those tricks are super high risk and you've got to be able to play people who have the idea of trying to adjust and uh sometimes when you play online people don't adjust <laughs> and, definitely right and there's no well, way there's no way to do any sort of like like i said there's no scrub busting with her she doesn't have a scrub buster which is the hardest thing so well look people are playing animal crossing for a reason right now you know, people are playing Doom Eternal for a reason right now. Mm -hmm. Fam Final Fantasy, right? The remake just came out. All that stuff is really popular right now, and it's not unrelated to this. I mean, we are not the only people who are feeling this weird malaise when it comes to playing games competitively. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the best ways to deal with it is to not play games competitively, even if you feel like that's what you prefer. Certainly my preference is to play games competitively, but... I don't think now is a great time for that. So I did not enter the Coliseum Mortal yeah, Kombat weekly okay. uh, over the over the weekend. Um, there's a local online local, of course, but a local for Street Fighter Five tonight uh, that the Worlds Collide, like the dudes who hang out yeah, there, yeah. are putting together. Mm -hmm. uh, on Thursday, we're gonna have the Valley Combat online local as well. And uh, while I'm gonna be streaming that on this channel, I don't know that I'm gonna play because again, I'm kind of in this funk when it comes to feeling like whether I want to actually compete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Uh... Hey, Paco, I think that sounds really great. I mean, I, that, that, that kind of thing sounds like it would totally make sense and like it would be a great use of time, you know, just having, being with your daughter, watching her play games, for sure. I've been watching people play games a lot. I've been watching other stuff. I've been reading a bunch. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of other stuff that I do if I don't feel like I can compete. Uh, and again, not, not necessarily just in tournament, but the mindset of wanting to, to play for real and of wanting to really like um, get points on ranked and you know just <laughs> that mindset is something that I feel like I'm not really in right now. So I'm, I'm trying to do other stuff instead. Yeah. Um, I I briefly played Honda for a little while. I br briefly played Baraka for a little while, and those are the characters I feel most comfortable with in their respective games. But I like didn't do great, and I came away from one of the times I was I played Baraka thinking like, does Spine suck? But <laughs> no, they definitely are really good. And while the rest of the character I'm not convinced is terribly strong, the spines are definitely good. Uh, and yet, I still came away from that time thinking, like, maybe they suck. And I even thought for a while while I was playing Honda, I was like, you know, EX Butt Slam's kind of not no. that great. No, no. I'm serious. That, that thought went through my mind. Because as soon and as you I, said Honda, I was like, don't say EX Butt Slam. <laughs> as soon as that thought went through my mind, I thought to myself, hold on. What nonsense just passed between your brain <laughs> you know? and I, I had to like think about like why would I even think something so silly <laughs> and, and I really think it's it's due to this mindset of just a, being a little bit more on the the vulnerable side of things and and not feeling like I can really put my all into into some competitive endeavor 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, hang on a second, I'm going to lose you for one second because I just want to move the chat over. Uh, okay, there we go. Uh, honestly, I mean, even just talking to you right now already makes me feel that much like more like interactive and I, I, I can get a little bit more, you know, it's just it's just nice having someone to talk to, goddamn. <laughs> I, I do totally understand. On Saturday, my family and I had Passover. Okay, so typically what that entails is my two brothers and their wife and girlfriend come and uh, come back to my parents' home. My wife and I go to our parents' home, and we're all there. And and you know they make a nice big meal, and and Passover service includes. Uh, what's called seder. It's a whole. It's a whole ritual that in mm -hmm. involves everybody reading stuff and talking about stuff and eating. And we we couldn't do any of that stuff this time. So so instead we each separately made food, whatever dinner we were gonna make, and we just got together and hung out. And you know my parents read part of that service, but um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what we normally did because it just wasn't available. But it was still important to try to talk and catch up with each other and see what's going on and my college friends and i have had a weekly zoom chat on oh Saturdays. really dang and okay. i mean we're spread all over the place some of us are still on the west coast some of us now live on the east coast one of us now lives in the uk and one in morocco so why is everybody using why is everybody so using we, we zoom now this time that like fits for all of us for me it's at noon for the guy in morocco it's at nine PM, right? It's just the time that sort of mm -hmm. works for everybody, and we get together and hang out for a couple hours. Why is because, it? Yeah, just having somebody to talk to is really important. Why is everybody using Zoom now? <laughs> How did Zoom get so popular? I'd never heard of Zoom until this quarantine, and now everybody's using it. I had heard of it, and I don't know. I, I'd love to know why it became so popular so suddenly. All I know is that on on my end, one of my friends was like, "Hey, I got an account on Zoom, and I can like we can all talk through it. You want to do that?" And we were like. I guess. Well, actually, I was like, "Why don't we use Discord? Are you guys aren't you guys on Discord?" And none of they're not gamers, really, in the same way. So uh, they were like, "What do you mean? What's Discord?" And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair, fair, fair." Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I haven't played. God, have I played any single player games? I have not. I've basically not been playing anything except for Street Fighter V recently. Oh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Final Fantasy Record Keeper, but even that was stressing me out yesterday, uh, two days ago, I think. Mm. I was having trouble killing something. But <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like, I, like, this is the one time in my life that I'm really, really sad that I don't like Final Fantasy VII as much as everybody else does. Because, God, I wish I could just be having so much fun with that game right now. But the problem is, like, I see, like, I, I, I know how people are with, like, Tifa and Aerith. And, like, I just, like, they're not even, like, close to remotely even the best characters in Final Fantasy history. And everybody loves, and Cloud, like, Cloud is not even really that exciting. And I'm just, like... Damn it, like, I want to play this game so I can be like, yes, Tifa, yes, Aerith. But, like, <laughs> I, I can't bring myself, like, if it was six, and it was just, like, Cyan and Terra and Celeste and Kefka and Saman, I'd just be like, yo, like, going nuts. But, like, I can't, I can't get myself hyped for Tifa and Aerith and Cloud. I don't know. <sighs> 
Yeah, I know. I know they're more fleshed out now. I know they're more fleshed out, but still, it's like... I never played Final Fantasy VII. Really? Yeah. I didn't own a PlayStation? Are you serious? I'm not made of money. I mean, come on. We had Nintendo stuff, and then we got the Sega consoles when those came out. I didn't have a PlayStation. Yeah. I didn't own a PlayStation until the very end of PS2. And yeah, see, so, that's that's the whole I, thing. I've been, I've been thinking about getting it just to enjoy it, but I don't. I I won't get the previous references or anything. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sitting here, like, I see all the clips of Jesse now, and now all of a sudden Jesse, Biggs, Wedge, and, you know, all those guys are, like, more significant major characters and all this stuff, and I was just like, ah, you know, I don't know. It's just something about it <laughs> is, like, I don't know. And, like... Like, Sephiroth is, like, the most overhyped FF, FF villain, you know? Like, I don't know. I just... I, I could never get into it the same way that everybody else is. I am a Final Fantasy hipster, dude. I think you're a Final Fantasy hipster. I came from yeah. 6, which was the great... One of my three greatest video games of all time. And then yeah. you played 7, and every character was the exact same. They just used a different weapon, but you put the same damn materia on everything. And it was really boring. I don't know. <laughs> and the plot like stopped two thirds of the way through the game when you get the when, when you get the spoiler or when you get the big reveal, which was cool. Then after that, nothing happens for like the last third of the story except you just keep chasing a ghost. And like I don't know. Like I just didn't get that excited with you with it. Well, I'm planning to try the remake. I've just been cracking out on Doom, but. Yeah, I'm definitely planning to try the remake as well. Yeah, I might have to actually play. You should just give it a look. I mean, I might, I might actually have to play it just because everybody's playing it, and it's like yeah. I feel so left out that I'm not playing it at all. But you know, like it's it's Final Fantasy VII might be kind of like the Uncharted of Final Fantasy games. Like the gameplay mechanics are actually really subpar. People really are way too obsessed with the story, which actually isn't even that good. And, uh, yeah, like, that's that's just kind of what it is. Now I'm dogging on Uncharted, too. <laughs> I've never played the Uncharted game. <laughs> okay, the new combat system is pretty good, everybody's saying. Okay. That's oh. what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Okay, okay. Anyway, all right, before you get everybody to leave the stream. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fair. in conclusion, yeah, I do think that it's worth not playing games that you that you feel like you need to be on mentally for. And again, that's not just... Maybe Street Fighter Five is one for you, but it sounds like from your description, maybe it's the same for Teppin. You know, just, just games that you... that you need to really be thinking well for. And yeah. it, now for me, now is not that time. So I've been going to other games instead. I've been, like I said, I've been reading. I've been doing other stuff as well instead. Yeah, I've that's been my, trying that's to. How I've been taking my care of my stuff. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck? Oh man. Well, that and by eating homemade caramels like these. Homemade caramels, huh? Nice. Okay, I've just been eating nothing mm. but like. You know, blueberry loaves and, and Doritos and, you know, TV dinners up the ass right now. So hang on a second. Mm. Uh, With Malden salt. Oh, my 
My cats have gotten into some ketchup packets, apparently. Ugh. Wow, that is so, so tasty. And I've also been eating homemade bread and homemade kumquat uh, jam or preserves or something. Look at this. And also cake. Look at this. I don't and know. And brownies and dinner rolls and uh, biscuits and... This is my ketchup I don't know. Packet. The list is actually too long. Marmalade. Marmalade was what it was. Yeah. No, I'm... What are you, are you showing? I mean, I can, as I can see, you are showing ketchup. It's a ketchup yeah, packet see. full of holes. I see it. Pretty it's weird. A, it's a ketchup packet full of holes. And that means my cat got into it and started eating because there's ketchup stains on my carpet, too. And I have no idea how they got into that. Look, I may be turning into a hippie, not cutting my hair, but I am showering, all right? I'm actually keeping up a really good schedule on that stuff. I'm taking care of myself for this. See, I, I love Final Fantasy VIII. I actually really enjoyed Final Now, of course, everybody's right that the draw system sucks. If they could actually tweak the draw system to be something a little more interesting, uh, that would be cool. But I love the story of VIII. I was such a fan of the story of VIII, so... Uh, anything else to mention in terms of how you're dealing with the coronavirus stuff right now? Um, I did see Onward, by the way, which was out on Disney Plus now. Okay, what did you think? Have you seen it yet? Um, we watched the first 15 minutes, uh -huh. and then my wife decided that she didn't want to watch the rest. <laughs> what? <laughs> no! So, so we we watched. Uh, I believe we watched Harry Potter. I believe it was the first one that we watched instead of that at that time. And we've now watched, I think, four of the movies so far in our little uh, our little Dude. time. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to go back and watch it. I I thought the the intro seemed like it was interesting. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> By the end of the movie, like. I would probably say for like the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie, I was bawling like a mess. Like I was yeah, just... I think that may have been why she didn't want to watch the rest. Because it, it was like pretty clearly heading in that direction. And she was like, well, I'm out of here. Oh, really? And I was like, fair enough. I thought yeah. she just didn't like all the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. <laughs> oh, no. No, okay, okay. She, she just didn't want to get emotional, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we just watched like an old Harry Potter movie. Like I said, I think it was the first one, which is also like the least, <laughs> it's like the most kidsy version. You know, I could Potter. actually ruin the first and second movies for you because my friend did this to me. And he basically said, you know, if they just cut out all the reaction shots from the kids, the movies would be like half an hour shorter. Because everything that happens in the movie, cut to Ron. Something yeah. happens, cut to Hermione. Something happens. Cut to Harry. Yeah. Like everything, everything. It's just a reaction. <laughs> anyway, the series ended up being good, but yeah, the beginning was whatever. Uh, all right, man. Let's uh, let's move on to. Talk. Okay, okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Since we're in the discussions of like what your thoughts of Final Fantasy games are, which Harry Potter movie is the best Harry Potter movie? I mean, it's the it's the last two. One of them. The last two? Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The correct answer is the third one. It's just Prisoner of Azkaban. So no, nah, we just watched it. It's uh, it's fine, but it's 
it's the best directed one. It's it has the best director, and that one is the one that's like the most well done. But anyways, okay. Whatever. The stories get better afterward. Uh, all right, let's move <laughs> on. So the like I said, the Intel World Open postponed. No surprise on that front. For the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour, they put out a message, and you know, again, so, nothing surprising really. But and and not saying exactly that it would be fully canceled or anything. Just saying. Um, I'm getting the quote here. Due to the highly dynamic nature surrounding coronavirus, we have not been able to announce details regarding Dragon Ball Fighters World Tournament. We are considering all possibilities and options, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So it's they're not saying much, but they're just sort of letting you know that yeah, hey, we're we're here. Like we're we're paying attention to this stuff. I'm sure they would like to have it at the end of the year. You know, as we've mentioned before, at least maybe the CPT might happen the second half of the year. They're leaving that possibility open. So we'll we'll see if that's what Dragon Ball Fighters goes with, but uh, you know, to be expected that there wouldn't be anything in terms of news for right now. Yeah, and I even had on one of my streams an exclusive from Mr. Wizard. I asked, I told him, you don't have to say anything about Evo. I know everyone's going to ask you about it, and he actually said we're keeping a very very close eye on it. So yeah. I'm pretty sure Evo is going to be done this year. I I, I just have this feeling that it's going to be yeah, done. Yeah, I think you're right. So, and, and to be honest with you, even Jabali, you know, he's been putting out the feelers for running CEO in December. Yeah. Are we even going to be done by December? Right? We have no idea it, how this thing's going to go. Cause yeah, the, we just the US, can't predict the, the future, the, the, so who knows? The, the number of cases in the U.S. is skyrocketing. New York has more confirmed cases than any other country. New York has more cases than no. any other country. Um, but you know, according to, you know, people in charge of our country, they're handling it better than any other country. They're handling yeah, it's, it it's clearly sad. Really sad. the best. No other it's, country it's really has been handling it as well in the history of countries. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that I, I just, like, can't laugh about anymore. It's too, too stupid and too consequential at this point. It's like, at to, this, uh, I, I feel like I yeah. have to laugh about it. Otherwise, yeah, I would absolutely just be curled up in the corner right over there in the fetal position behind you, and you would just be hearing me yelling from behind you all day. Well, relatedly, uh, Blue Jay passed away. The yes. Other big news. Um, the At least among people that I know, uh, Jose Miguel Enriquez, uh, he was 37 passed away he passed away from coronavirus um i or from covid19 i should say you know i didn't know him personally i met him i believe one time um but he's been in the community forever and huge uh, uh pillar in the marvel 2 community and in the new york scene mm -hmm. not just for marvel 2 but certainly the confluence of those two a uh, huge impact on it uh <laughs> close friends with you know, all of the old school New York players is and not just with those guys, but um, with many of the players across the Eastern Seaboard who, you know, of course, over the years traveled and saw each other many, many times. He, so that's I know that's a that's a huge hit, a huge impact for people. He, he's the play, he's the person whose home was where battle for the uh, the battle of the greatest took place. Right. Yeah. Battle of the strongest. Battle of the strongest. Yeah. House. Yes, I mean, correct. let's. Let's put um, it this way. When he passed away, my Facebook feed was flooded yeah. with people 
who were just completely devastated. I mean, to give you a scope of the impact that he had and the kind of person he was and how many people whose lives he touched, you know? Right. I saw so many of those old school MVC2 players just, you know, absolutely, you know, like I said, devastated. And I saw it all on Twitter as well. So, you know... Obviously, he's not the first in the FGC, you know, to have passed away. But, you know, he's definitely just one of those guys that, that you know, affected so many people and touched so many people's hearts and, and right. did so much for the community and uh, clearly just a, a good person. So, Yeah, I, I'm, you know, the other person I know that we've talked about who passed away was uh, Romeo Castillo Jr., a.k.a. 2101 UK, uh, in the UK. Yes. Now that he passed away. I Those are the two that I'm aware of. Um, I, but, you know, though I don't know everybody in the FGC, of right. course. It's huge. And, I, I, you know, I hope that there will not be many more, but it's hard to imagine that that could be true. Um, I, I know now many people who have had it and have gotten through it mm. or who you know have have most likely had it have had symptoms that were the symptoms but just haven't been able to get tested so yeah i mean this look it's it's uh, it's very close to home so i'm again although i didn't know him personally but um still really sad to hear about blue jay passing away um with that in mind uh chris matrix is a close friend of his uh, putting putting this in the chat, put up a GoFundMe for funeral services for him, and it it has been supported pretty well, which I'm I'm glad to see. Uh, as far as with all these things relating to giving money right now, if you can, that'd be great. Don't do it if it's something that you would fear could make you not be able to pay your own bills right. coming up. I mean, I, again, this is, it's a tough time for lots of people for many different reasons. But if you can afford to, you know, so he again somebody who who was very impactful in that gc and uh and and has gone way too soon yeah and and and, you know from those pictures and everything like that i'm pretty sure uh he was one of matrix's groomsmen as well Mm -hmm. so you know it's uh yeah i mean i i know when that happened And, and like you said i i don't even know him personally i didn't know him personally but you know, like I said, you can just tell from the response of the news what kind of person he was. And it's just like, it's, it's, that was one of the things that really kind of like, yeah, made it, made it hard for me to get through the weekend this last past weekend. So it was definitely, just, it was just, and a, yeah, as the body boy says in chat, uh, every episode of No Frills podcast that Yipes and Matrix have done, they talk about him in, like, some way. Right. Uh, right? And and I, my understanding was that he was involved with the So he's been not just, you know, again, very impactful in previous times and with Battle of the Strongest, but I think that he was involved with the development of the No Frills podcast, uh, in any case. Um, good friend to a lot of people, and, and he's passed away, so... Uh, you know, condolences and, and thoughts go out to everybody involved. Uh, all right, man, you want to move on from coronavirus stuff? Yeah, let's talk about something else. Cause <laughs> I think I no, need it's to... tough. That's that's tough news for sure. Yeah. So, 
let's get to the next thing up here, which is going to be the Guilty Gear Strive Beta. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm Guilty Gear Strive Beta. Now, it's on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And it officially starts... Tomorrow. In tomorrow, Japan time. Right. So, the, the timeline is this. So, on the... On April the 15th in Japan, uh, you can download it if you're somebody who got into the beta. Then the next day, you can play it offline. And then the next three days, you can play it online. So 15th is when you download it, which is now in Japan. Uh, then the next day, April 16th, offline. Then 17th through the 19th, you, play, you can play online. Uh, this does not have rollback netcode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, but again, it's just it's just the beta. I don't. They're testing it out for whatever reason, and uh, and the final version will have rollback netcode, but this one will not. Uh, streaming is allowed, not Miki. They've already put an announcement out there that everyone is allowed to stream it. Uh, some people, I guess, there was a mistake in the in EU or UK yep. where some people were able to play it right away. <laughs> yep, in the EU. Yep. And so there was definitely some leaked footage and everything. So they did say it was going to be a new UI. The UI isn't drastically changed, and it's still uh, yeah. It's like, still technically it's new. Yeah, still not what a lot of people like, and you can tell that they're trying to do something very different and make things very obvious to viewers out there to casual view. they're trying to make it as spectator friendly as possible but in a weird way making it kind of very spectator and player unfriendly yeah that's what i would say i would say it's unfriendly the yeah. the information moving along with how much your characters has taken damage yeah is weird that's i haven't seen a game like that before and like on purpose right because i think everybody previously that they cannot be the first people who've thought of that right but <laughs> Everybody else who's thought about it has realized that wouldn't be a good idea because people come to depend on looking for that kind of information yeah. at the same spot mm-hmm, every time, mm-hmm. right? You just train your eyes to look over there. Like you in each yeah. game, you learn. Okay, this is where the meter is. This is where that other meter is, right? Like this is where the player name, the character name is. Like you just you look for that whenever right. you play a new game, and this one's gonna have it moving. I, it, it is weird. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, I agree with a lot of people in the chat. It just feels like they're trying a bunch of almost kind of random things in there. And I almost feel like maybe that's what this new beta is for, just so they can get mm. even more feedback on that. Because it sounds like they're willing to try to change a lot of things. Uh, but this is this is getting kind of weird, to be honest. And yeah. um, I don't know. Like, hopefully they'll they'll try to tweak it. I know someone put on our timelines, they tagged us. With a, with a Photoshop mock-up of what they thought it should look like. And yeah, I mean, it looked more natural. It looked like what you've saw, seen before with the burst meter being big and exactly where you think it is. So, um, you know, I, I'm i not a fan of the UI. Like, I don't even mind the big giant counter word. I don't even mind the giant combo counter. I, I agree with you, yeah. It's just, it's the, the HUD. The HUD is the biggest problem, to yeah. be honest with you. So... I, I'm not a fan of it, and and you still, I mean, you still can't see the risk gauge. Like the risk gauge is way too small for something that's so important into the game. But but you, you can see it more. Yeah, you can see it more, but I just feel like. But it's, no, I mean, you're you're right though. It, it could definitely be yeah be better for sure. Yeah. Anyway, 
hopefully they work on that. But during that time when the game was like accidentally out for EU players for a little <laughs> while, uh, <laughs> there was uh, yeah there was some footage recorded and uploaded, and what I saw that was most interesting. I feel like probably most people feel the same. Was that Faust animations are so cool. <laughs> Don't you think? Dude, I haven't seen a lot of the footage yet. I haven't seen a lot. Of, well, there's not like a lot of footage. Right. But I mean, I thought Faust looked super sick from the trailer too. So oh, he did. He I mean, did. The, the whole thing. I mean, when I did the analysis over Zato and Milia, like you can kind of tell that they were showing some of the characters in kind of the order that they developed them. Because even okay. Milia, like Milia is a character that, since the inception of Guilty Gear, she was in the very first Guilty Gear, I have never had any inkling of interest in Milia. She's always been a super boring character because I, I think characters who fight with their hair are stupid, you know, and, <laughs> and think... specific complaint? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just seems really stupid. I mean, the only good one was Blue Suede Goo, okay? I mean, that's... Okay, yep, a the, classic. That's the only one I'll accept. Hey, what's the hair, man? You know, that's I the remember. only one I'll accept, but... You know, I've never been interested in Milia, but then the way they did her in this game, like when her hair attacks you, it's it's always in line with like her leg, like her she's always like kicking with the hair and it's like it's like perfect arc of motion, you know, the animation, right. you know, tactic of having that perfect line of motion and just all the stuff they did with her and then like I said, Zato and Eddie, god, Eddie has never looked better before and absolutely you right. know, it, like it started with Faust. Like, all the other characters look like, okay, here's just this really strangely roided out version of what we remembered them to be. And, yeah, that's true, yeah. And then, uh, the, but they mostly looked kind of the same, just better. But then Faust was the first one that just came out, and you were like, oh my god, he is the coolest looking character everywhere. So. <laughs> so cool, so cool, yeah. Look, I don't know enough about gear to say anything about how Faust's moves look or whether they were different at all. I just I don't know. But they looked awesome. I know that much. Uh, I'm really excited to see how he looks. Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, I, I think, yeah, I agree with you that all those all the previous characters did look roided out. Yeah, Chip is, like, very thick, and it's weird. <laughs> it's and strange. that's what I felt about Soul and Kai. I think they all look... I didn't like it. Even Axel. I didn't particularly like. It. I mean, the graphics are phenomenal, but like mm -hmm. you know the the sort of wideness of the characters. I was like, I don't know if yeah. I like this. I well, do. Yeah. Then Faust looks fantastic, um, but it makes sense on Potemkin, yeah. uh, Eddie, Milia. All look super, super cool. Yeah, I do. I do admit, admittedly, like uh, older May a lot better too. Oh, than, older May, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Older May is awesome. I do yeah. like older May a lot better. I but, agree with that. You know, uh, anti-particle in the chat asks, "Will we try it?" I have a beta code. I'm planning. I got to a beta code. What's that? I oh, have a beta. Oh, code sweet. As well. Okay. Yeah, I'm planning to to crack out on it. To be honest oh. with you, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it a lot when it's out for beta. I'm gonna be basically streaming it like constantly. So we'll see how that. I goes. mean, what else am I doing this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing anyway. Oh man, God. I'll de I'll definitely try it out for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Soul's Wild Throw does a grip of damage because you can't combo off of it anymore. They're just trying to fix the damage of what you should have gotten off of the Wild Throw. But it does a ton of damage. It's kind of ridiculous. So, 
So the playable characters in this are Soul, Kai, Mei, Faust, Potemkin, Chip, and Axel. It's my understanding. Yeah. Game. So no, uh, no Zato and no yet. Yep. But I'm. It I... looks great. It looks super cool. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm down to stream some online sets. I'm sure James is going to dunk me because he has experience in gear, but that's totally fine. Dude, it's I a mean, brand new to... game. It barely plays like it used to, right? So we'll see. In, in any case, man, I mean, you know, regardless, I'm definitely I mean, down to play. <laughs> hard part is right now, you've caught me at my low. I think I'm just like terrible at everything right now. So, you know. <laughs> that's definitely not true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I like I'm the guy who's in super platinum complaining about how bad I am in Street Fighter right now. Yeah. So come on, you're, you're getting there. Ugh. You're getting there. Anyway, yeah, there you go. It uh, comes out. It's downloadable now if you got into the beta, and then it's playable offline the next day. Mm -hmm. So what I'm gonna do is tomorrow, I guess, I will be just trying it out in training mode, seeing what the characters do. Among that list, I mean, part of why I didn't play Guilty Gear is that I didn't feel like I cared about any of the characters. Mm -hmm. And my the natural ones for me, I've always felt, would be Potemkin and Axel. And I just didn't... There's something about the way they played when I watched other people play was just not... I don't know. I couldn't get into it. So I'll try those two again, because that just seemed to me like they're the ones that fit me the best. But, you know, in talking with other people and, with, and watching Exerd, I kind of felt like the character I should have played was Soul, which felt weird, but I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll see how I like Potemkin <laughs> and Axel. Yeah, it's always a tough thing. We've talked about it before because when Potemkin first came out, he was the coolest right. design for a grab. He had an anti-air grab. He had yeah. an ability to flick fireballs and make a better projectile. He had the yeah. slide head. He had a, a cancelable dash, you know, a hammer fall with armor. Sure. Like... He yeah, was so this cool. This big button, right? Yeah. Heavy slash, big range. Like, yeah, that it was unique for sure. Mm -hmm. But since then, that has become much less unique. And I'd really like to see... Well, I mean, I would want to play a different character. For, for fans of Potemkin, I don't want him to change too much. you know. But mm -hmm. my preferences are for the weirder stuff, typically. And I feel like he's not there. But... I'll definitely give it a go. That's actually a good point. Have you ever thought about trying Faust? I like the idea of managing the randomness of the mm -hmm. items, but I think the rest of the character doesn't make much sense for me. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the kind of character that I need to put in a tremendous amount of time in to like actually be viable with, and I just was did wasn't interested enough to do that. No, technically Faust doesn't have a command grab. It's an unblockable. <laughs> <laughs> not quite the same thing but um they they called it that because you could burst out of it in the older games for no reason um uh yeah i'm just i'm i mean i already am probably pretty sure that they are not going to put johnny in the game my oh, yeah? cat is sitting at the window right now she's like basting in the sun and her eyes were closed and she was just like and it was the most adorable looking thing. Well, now that I've moved, she's looking at me. So anyways. Aww. Yeah. But oh, I, yeah, why no Johnny? Why don't, why don't you think he's there? I just, I don't know. It's just because he didn't show up in Exert right away, you know. And he, he's one of those characters that I feel like is, is one of those we can put him as DLC to bring people back kind of things, you know. Yeah. 
So, but I hope he's in the game because, again, there's very few characters. The, the, the scary thing right now is if they put Johnny in the game, with the way the game has gone, will they remove missed cancels? Because if they remove missed cancels, that'll be a problem. Because that is absolutely the most enjoyable factor of Johnny is the missed canceling. So, hopefully that doesn't happen. So... All right, a lot All of people right. are saying that they're pretty confident Johnny's in the game. I hope you guys are right, man. I hope you guys are right. Uh... Yeah, as an outside observer, I feel that Johnny's like a core Guilty Gear character. <laughs> I would have thought that too until Exert Sign, okay? I know, I you know. know. When Exert Sign came out and there was no Johnny and I had to use crappy Potemkin. But hey, now I can use Potemkin that will do 80% damage on a command grab, so... We'll see. All right, well, we'll both be streaming that. Yeah. Anything else to say about it? Uh, not that I can think of. All right, man. Well, do you want to take a break then? Uh, sure. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with some 5-5 five, five stuff. A lot of interesting questions this time. So. Indeed. All right. Be right back, guys. I would really want Bridget back. I really enjoyed using Bridget in XX. I thought Bridget was a very, very creatively designed character. I've always liked the way that he played. Just like the, the, the whole way that you use the yo-yo was super fascinating. I could never quite get Bridget as strong as the strongest Bridget players because Bridget's just one of those characters that you get good at through so much experience. What are you talking about, Hanzo? Are you just talking about the Guilty Gear website? You just like what they've put out, basically? Zappa's a tough one for me. Because, uh... Oh, Ultra Chen TV, gotcha. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, Zappa's a tough one for me because while I love Zappa's design, uh, in XX, Zappa was such... So hard for Johnny to beat. And my friend played Zappa and I played Johnny and I had to fight Zappa constantly. And I had just learned to hate that character with every fiber of my being because I had to play against him. <laughs> Man. Uh, so is that lobby real? Is that Was that lobby real or was that lobby uh, an April Fool's? I'm not even sure. And uh, the name of the song is at the top of the screen. Uh, Choco Love. You can see it's Gathers Undernight Chill Remix by Akito Loves Music, who is a uh, who's also a Grand Blue Fantasy Versus streamer as well. Oh, no worries. It's it's hard to see those kind of texts like that. Oh, uh, it's real, huh, man. Yeah, they're trying to do a lot of weird things, and apparently it's all kind of backfiring. Which is really sad for me, because obviously, the game having rollback netcode is super important, and I really want the game to succeed, to, to show people that rollback netcode's 
you know, valuable, but if it comes out and people don't like it and people hate the lobby and they don't like the UI or they find some sort of weird MVCI excuse to hate on the game and it doesn't sell, then Japan might take, like, attribute that to rollback netcode didn't do anything for us, didn't help anybody, and that's actually kind of scary, you know? Right, that's the whole, that's the whole hope, kana kana kana, uh, is that, you know, with the survey, that they will be able to take the feedback and fix a lot of things, so. Oh, they didn't stop supporting DOA until the most recent patch, and so that's this patch that I think just came out, and now I think they're done. I think they're done with it, so. I mean, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea, Invader Taco. Taco. Like, I think it's kind of cool to have that kind of pixel art kind of thing. Obviously, I'm old school, so I, I love that kind of thing. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea, but I know a lot of people out there just don't like it at all. Um, frankly, I don't see anything particularly bad about it. Uh, I think it's cute. I think it's a nice touch. But, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the only question right there, uh, iPhantom99, is that, is it out of place? Does it not mix with everything else that's in the game, with how beautiful the game is and everything? Do people just want those little... Because, I mean, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is all chibi, right? Guilty Gear Exert was all chibi as well, right? Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters was all chibi characters. Now, they were all in 3D, and they were cel-shaded in that nice art style. So, I think people liked it a lot more than the pixel one. All right. different styles in one game. Does it? Does it have four different styles? Like, I can only see two of them. Well, Drunkard Banana, I don't like their menus, but I love their lobbies. So in Exert and in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, I love their lobbies, but I did not like BB Tag, and I did not like Dragon Ball Fighters method, where that lobby was the menu. They went, they, they didn't do that in Exert, and now they went away from that in uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and I prefer those much, much more. Much, much more. All right, well, I'm good to go. Okay. Take down the music. People at home can't see this on stream, but David is shaking his hair hair like a Pantene commercial right now. It's just like, I can, I, I, I almost want to have the don't hate me because I'm beautiful thing going with him, so. <laughs> don't tell Vicious. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Tuesday show. I'm James Chen, and here's Ultra David with the sickest burns to people randomly. Howdy do! Howdy do, everybody. Let's move on to the next topic here, which will be our 5-5 matchup. Mm -hmm. Where we talk about stuff relating to fighting games in kind of a, you know, interesting way. Yes. We would, uh, you know, of course we'll do the viewer's choice, but before that, I do have a couple potential topics for you. Sure. 
Give them to me. All right, man. So obviously there's a lot of bad stuff with respect to the coronavirus. And there are many, many more important reasons to be upset that it's going on. But in addition to that, I think some fighting game characters could have had this 2020 as their <laughs> year. And maybe some players, this could have been their year. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who, which fighting game characters or players do you think ha- lost their best chances to perform this year? You know what? I mean, I hate that I do this a lot. I dodge answers a lot. Oh, but... come on, buddy. God, everybody in Street Fighter V. <laughs> like, everybody? I, I just had this conversation, you know, on my stream when we tried to pick the five worst te- the worst characters, and I came up with the Brian F list instead. I only called it Brian F because he was part of the acronym, uh, which I did oh, on purpose, right. basically. But I went through and we created this list, and li- seriously, the list, like, what did I name the list? It was like the not quite bad, but kind of okay, but you know, these guys yeah. are really good, but maybe there's other characters that are better, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, is like everybody who was in that discussion, in that list, for like the 10 characters that were clearly in that discussion, I would have loved to have seen all of them. Like, Mm. people are like, oh, my God, Falk is so bad. And, like, Falk is amazing right now, I think, you know. And people are like, oh, my God, Ryu is not very good. I think Ryu is great now, you know. Um, I I, I, I just feel like so many – Ed had a chance to really start doing some shining, you know. Mm, Okay. Uh, There's just a lot of characters that I feel like could have – Alex, I would – I mean, Gunfight got ninth place at Evo Japan, you know. And everyone – Everyone keeps trying Sakura to say that... Sakura won Evo, won Evo Japan. What's that? Sakura won Evo Japan. Sakura won Evo Japan. Sakura just won the Reddit online tournament, and second right. place Baseball. was a Falk player. So That's there right. you go. There you go. You know, I just feel like... However, if you want to talk about the uh, characters that I feel like had the potential to be like, oh, this is my year, I'm going to win, the stuff like that... Chun-Li is the first one that comes to my mind. Okay, all right. Because I think Chun-Li is ridiculous this year. I think she's super good Super good this year. Uh, So I think Chun-Li would have had a chance to shine, and I really do think uh, Honda. I really think Honda would have had a great chance to shine this year as well because I still feel like a lot of people are underestimating that character, so... So I don't think that this was Honda's year, but not because I think the character's weak, but rather because... I just don't think that many people will play him. Right. Mm-hmm. That's... Like, m- more like that sort of player-based reason than that the character can't cut it. The The characters that jump out to me is Vega. Okay. I think, I think Vega players have been asking for him to be, like, okay for the entirety of SF5. <laughs> and it's not like... I didn't know any Vega player who was like, yeah, they should buff him a lot. Like, I, did, I all the Vega players I knew were just like, yeah, like... At least, like, make him pretty good. Like, just make him okay. <laughs> and I think they did that. Uh, when the game, when Season 5 first came out, I thought that his buffs weren't enough. But the more that I see and play against Vega, the more I think that he's actually pretty good. And nobody can show that. So players who were already actually really good and were doing... Doomsnake was getting, like, grand mm-hmm. finals and stuff. Uh, Bold Strike Bold is, like, Strike. super good. Yep. Like, there are these players who definitely we're already making it happen and with a character that was just 
pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> just pretty good. I think that this would have been the time when you would have seen Vegas like really do work because a lot yeah. of people really like vega right it's this is not like a honda situation where you know honda's got his fans but like he's not like a crowd favorite really a lot of people <laughs> like vega and right. a lot of people would like to play vega yeah. and now i think they can again i don't think that he's like a top tier character or anything but i think he's like pretty good now yeah. and that's what they wanted and they got it now but they just can't show it. Yeah. I mean, Vega Vega was in my list. He was in that list of the 10 characters who were at the bottom, you know. And mm. He was one of the ones that I really did want to see have that chance. And, I mean, I said this about every character that was in that list. I was like, this character's clearly not a bottom five character. Like, I said that about probably every single one of the characters that were down there. I don't mm -hmm. think there was a single character that I felt like deserved to actually be, like, there was no character that was like, well, okay, maybe it's hard to pick a bottom five, but this guy at least is clearly in, like, there was nobody that was like that to me. And that's why I was so excited about this year because I just felt like this was the year we were gonna see some of the crazy characters do well, you know, and... Yeah, I think they definitely could have. And, and... Uh, I, it's funny, Brookish, that you bring this up. I was just gonna say, I think among the players that I think this was like their potential year, definitely MOV is on, on my list, yeah. for sure. Because he's a Chun player and he's just, he is a Chun player. Yeah, also, now, also Ricky... That's like a good character to be your character because yeah. she's almost always good. But sometimes she's not the best. And now she's one of the best. And yeah, for sure, that was one of the guys. Nauman, I think this this was the start of a big year, potentially for Nauman, who won Evo Japan. He's the first of that young generation of Japanese players to win a major. He did it with a character that many people were still underrating. Mm -hmm. I think that guy could have had... Uh, a lot of success this year as well. I think those are probably the two players who really jump out to me as as maybe this was their potential year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would say the other ones that jump out to me are Bolt Strike and, and Doomsnake. I think those guys are, yeah. are I mean, uh, out of luck that they can't travel and show off at majors this year. Uh, along with uh, MOV, uh, I was actually really looking forward to maybe what Ricky could do this year as well. Okay, sure. Because even she was just saying, like, because I was talking about Chun-Li on Twitter, and she was like, dude, I think Chun-Li's the best character in the game right now. And she's mm. like, you know I never downplay my own character. And, yeah. you know, I would have loved to have seen what Ricky was able to do with that character because I feel like that character's fundamentals shot up through the roof because she's got such an easy access to a knockdown now. Knockdown with really good Oki, by the way. So Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously characters like M. Bison were going to be scary. Uh, Urian was going to be scary. Actually, I know... That already happened. Hasn't Problem yeah. X been using Honda as well? Yeah, he has. Yeah, so that would have been really interesting to see if Problem X would have busted out Honda in some tournaments. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think that Honda's a good character. I think that Bison is five. So if you are if you were going to be competing this year and your choices were, as I think they are for him, Bison, Abigail, Honda, and Alex, you basically, you're a Bison main who yeah. plays Abigail in a few matchups. It's is true, what I would it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As long as Bison's there, because 
Bison is like the because all of the strengths that Honda has, Bison has too. Yeah, <laughs> and they, he's they just really the better. He's just the better character overall. So. They, they really are similar in some ways. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just I feel like those two characters in particular probably have some of the most plus moves on block that move forward. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, like Bison's EX Scissor Kick, Psycho Axe, Honda's Hand Slap, Hand Slap. I actually think Fong is kind of in there too, just because of Coward Crouch Kick and Standing Heavy Kick, which are, you know, a little bit, but obviously Standing Heavy Kick is only plus one, so it's not enough against the three-frame characters. But, yeah. you know, not a lot of characters have that ability to move forward and be plus like that. You know, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, I, so I think those are the ones that jump out to me for Street Fighter. For Mortal Kombat, which is the other game that I'm following most closely, like, people are playing anyway, right? Mm-hmm. There, there still are, while we would all love to have offline majors, like, there still are, you can you can just play the game online and it's basically fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, you're yeah, not, like, yeah. losing out on a lot. There's a few frames of, of uh, input differential, but it's it's basically the same otherwise. And there are indeed still online events. There have been some lately where a guy, uh, dude Prince Panther, is putting in a bunch of money into the scene to still get players paid. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of is still happening anyway. So I, I don't know that for Mortal Kombat, this is a year where you would say, like, any any player or or uh, or character is not getting the shine that they deserve because I kind of think that it still is happening. Right. But it is, it's a huge bummer for... For Grand Blue, huge bummer for Grand Blue, obviously. Yeah, I mean it's 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 true for all the games, right? Because Sam Showdown has new characters coming out still. Soul Calibur yeah. just had Haumaru oh, yeah. added to the game. This, they were going to have a pro tour this year. Yeah, and that was so, like how so it's all the Soul Calibur players. This was their year potentially. Yeah, it was so exciting for them, and I I, yeah. I mean even for commentators, right? Like I I, sure. I obviously I talk with Abonic Plague a lot. He was so excited this year because he was going to be able to do a lot of that Soul Calibur commentary. Sure. And now that's not happening, and so that's that's kind of rough for him as well. Um, you know, uh, like you said, Grand Blue, this is kind of rough, but uh, I, for some reason I don't feel like Grand Blue is going to be hurt as badly just because it is really shiny and new, and okay, you know, yeah. and Japan's internet is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yeah. so they can actually play the game over there. So, uh, oh, and apparently in the chat, uh, ZXE just says that Jesu has added Grand Blue Fantasy versus. Right. Okay, I did not know about that. Nuki's been playing Cat. Of course, Nuki's gonna play Cat. Why wouldn't he that play Cat? That's like the perfect character for him. <laughs> that definitely makes sense. Oh man. So yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, trying to think of like some of the other games there uh i mean you know it's rough for a game like uniclair came out sure. with a brand new version under night's been yeah. on all this tear kind of doing well at all these events and you know not much has been happening there although there is some news about under night that we'll get into in a little bit so that's true yeah yeah it's so all funny right. axiomish like I was just browsing Netflix at one point in time, and, I, and one of the things recommended to me was the Grand Blue Fantasy uh, anime. And I was like, huh, I didn't even know this was on here. <laughs> like, I would have never known what the hell this was. I have no idea. Yep. Yeah, now I'm just like, hmm, 
Maybe I'll watch this. Uh, no, High Score Girl 2, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Anything else to say about this? Uh, no, let's go on to the next one. All right, so there's a little bit of backstory for this next one. There was an interview with Nobuhiko Shimizu, who is the head of Capcom's eSports business division, which they created well, a couple years ago at this point, but there's a whole text interview with him that uh, they put up on their website that I will put in the chat in case anybody did not see it. Uh, and, you know, it's worth reading. It's an interesting take on, on how Capcom is viewing eSports and in some of the things that they said, that the guy said, or that you know they want to get more people to watch fighting games. They want to have space. They want to make sure that people can play com casually, can play competitively, and can watch. Right, that sort of all these three different things can get satisfied, which is nice. That's important. But they also said some other. He also said some some other stuff. So for example, <laughs> uh, here's a, here's a quote. Right, I believe that esports has the potential to be more than a simple fad. First, compared to traditional sports. Esports is more egalitarian. Uh, regard, everyone, regardless of physical condition or gender, can participate and compete at the highest levels of play. Capcom's been running Street Fighter tournaments for almost 30 years now. Ever since our tournament at the Ryogoku Kokugan, Kokugikan, back in 1992, we feel a strong obligation to continue to foster esports as both an economic and cultural commodity. In that, I think he definitely implies that like Capcom has had a strong role in the fact of esports existing <laughs> right i mean I, I, yeah I what, what 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 do you think about that i mean do you do you feel that that there has been in fact like a strong role for capcom going back to 1992 or i mean his what I, do you think i don't know i i guess i didn't get that take from it you know, okay. I feel like he was just saying, yeah, we've had a history of running tournaments since back then. I don't know if he feels like he's trying to take credit for creating esports because, I mean, frankly, nobody in Japan can say that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah. it's just factually wrong because, you know, you talk about the cultural stigma of playing video games and it's been that way forever. I mean, like, you watch High Score Girl, and all they do is just talk about arcades being full of delinquents and stuff like that, you know, because that's just kind of how it was always uh, pictured back then. You know, as much sure. as everybody did it, it was always viewed that way. Even when you read Daigo's book, he talks about right. it that way, too. You know, he's always saying stuff like, oh, yeah, people didn't see video games as something that was, you know, uh, what good people and in, you know, like actual, like studious kids did and things like that. And it was always frowned upon kind of thing. So, um, I mean, if anyone wants to take credit for esports, I mean, Korea's got to do it, right? So, because they were having StarCraft on TV before anyone else was even blinking about esports, uh, to be honest yeah. with you. They were always the four forerunners in that field. Uh, I mean... Street Fighter 2, the thing that I will give Street Fighter 2 credit for is bringing back the competitive video game. Right, okay. Because video games were all one-player affairs up until Street Fighter 2 because everyone just wanted their quarters to last as long as possible. As soon as Street right. Fighter 2 came out, all of a sudden, everyone became okay with spending 25 cents and losing in two minutes. And that was it. <laughs> 
like it definitely cents in 1992 dollars is actually quite a lot yes <laughs> and and especially because a lot of arcades had it 50 cents too uh right. to play street fighter 2 um yeah honestly like i would credit street fighter for bringing back you know, video games to the competitive era where something like Space War and Pong came from because you couldn't design an AI that was interesting enough back then. Right. You know, it had to be another human opponent. But then it left that. Everybody had these, I need to play one credit and max out the score kind of thing. And then Street Fighter Two kind of brought it back to the competitive era. Having said that, would that mean we would not have had gotten like Warcraft originally and stuff? Probably, I mean, we probably would have got Warcraft no matter what, right? <laughs> um, uh, honestly, uh, you know, like I said, I don't feel like he's taking credit for creation of esports. I think he's just trying to sell the idea that, you know, Capcom has been a competitive thing for a long time. So, <laughs> The 1993 documentary, The Wizard, starring Fred Savage. The documentary starring Fred Savage. I've told you the joke before that my my, my best friend basically said that uh, documentaries are the biggest cinematic universe, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, and also, I always still love pointing out the fact that uh, the redhead in The Wizard, uh, Jenny Lewis, has gone on to have a... Great musical career. She was part of the band Rilo Kylie. She does her own single. She, she has her own solo career now. I've been to one of her concerts before, and she's awesome. So, That's cool. Yeah, she's really, really cool. Okay. Uh, well, I definitely think that they're trying to take credit for the development of esports. Okay. And it's very... It's just ahistorical. I mean, I don't know how else to interpret... Capcom's been running Street Fighter tournaments for almost 30 years now. As other than like they had that they've had a strong hand in the development of tournaments, which is for sure false. It's true that every now and then, like if a new game came out, they would run a tournament. They did that <laughs> as a promotion. Uh, I don't know if they did that for every fighting game that they did. Uh, I guess they didn't definitely do it for some, but uh, they certainly did it for some. That's a very far thing from creating the infrastructure <laughs> of tournaments. Very, very far thing from, you know, uh, uh, creating a community of players and and even and fostering it in any way. None of us thought that Capcom knew we existed. Right, yeah. I mean, it, I mean we just didn't think that they even were aware that anybody <laughs> played their games in tournaments. I never knew either way until Seth Killian worked there that they had ever even heard of, like, anything relating to tournaments. Yeah, I mean, and, I, like I said, I guess, I guess, like, I, I didn't, I, I, I just, I read it differently, you know, like, you know, they ran, I don't feel, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, careful wording in there to mm -hmm. basically be interpretable to those who are not in the know, but worded yeah. in such a way that it doesn't actually belie the truth you know what i mean and it's definitely very dodgy that way because yes they ran a tournament in champion edition maybe that's it <laughs> maybe the alpha 3 thing that they got vi and daigo together but outside of those two things like capcom i mean they did something for with that street fighter pinball machine as well that tomo played on in that's right in america that's right. but 
Outside of that, Capcom hasn't done jack until the GameStop they, they did event. The SF4 release tournament. Yeah, the GameStop but event. Yeah, that's really that's all I can think of until the 25th anniversary, which was in 2012. 12, like yeah, I think so. So that's a long time of developing of a scene that they just had almost nothing to do with and uh, well i look i mean I, I think i think you're right that if you know the history of this like you're not gonna get caught off guard this is not like a strong argument for those people but it instead sells it as being something that is interpretable as being like capcom did this thing if you don't really know and i don't want them to tell that story like, <laughs> i want it to be very clear that it was the community and not the rights holder who did these things because if it's if it's viewed by people who are investing in things or I don't know whoever they're marketing to here that Capcom is the one who did these things then Capcom certainly deserves a lot of the stuff that comes their way right if if it's if it's on them if they're the the reason for us having tournaments then it makes more sense maybe that they would have more control over tournaments or that they would be able to make changes in how we do things as a scene or that they would be able to maybe um, charge more more regularly for our access to things in, in ways that sort of some other games do. I don't want any of those things to happen. <laughs> I want it to be very clear that it's it's been the community the whole time right. and, and not Capcom. And then also, you know, the phrasing of, I believe that esports has the potential to be more than a simple fad. That to me implies that his recognition of esports is basically yesterday. That <laughs> people started playing in tournaments maybe a couple of years ago. I don't know when he thinks it started, but that it's not like a long-term thing that you know you've been doing for almost uh, thirty years now, and that I've been doing for twenty years now. I mean, right. that's those are those are very different things so i just i want to make it clear i i want there to be no bones about it <laughs> that, that it's definitely due to the community and not to capcom or any of the other individual rights holders involved in inviting it right yeah uh, that, that we have a scene yeah i guess that's i guess that's that that is definitely a point of contention you know that they make it sound like like they don't really bring that he doesn't bring up the community and how strong it was for them yeah. because I mean, honestly, there would be no fighting games if it wasn't for Evo. You know what I mean? Like, Evo was the thing keeping a lot of fighting games alive during that course of time, you know. Because the community. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And, and whether, whether that was Evo or before that, right, the stuff that they ran previously, I mean, maybe somebody else would have if they hadn't done it. You know what I mean? Like, but whatever it was going to be, it was going to be on the community. It was not going to be on right, Capcom at that right. time. Or, or again, or any of the other rights holders involved. In uh, I mean, some of those guys did know a few of the guys at Capcom, but it was all at Capcom USA, like Tomo and those guys. And Capcom mm -hmm. USA basically had no power, right? Right. Until finally Street Fighter Four, because Capcom USA owned the rights to Street Fighter, and uh, Seth Killian kind of was able to... <laughs> <laughs> have that power so <laughs> thank goodness he did yep mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, all right all right all right well anything else to say about that uh no it's definitely an interesting interview if you haven't read it i recommend checking it out i put it in chat a little bit earlier all right let's go on to the viewer questions though sure 
What do we got here? What do we got? All right, let's talk about what we got. So what I'm going to read them. What was submitted to us this last two weeks of questions? Number one, what do you think about MK11 and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus using timed meters instead of traditional meter system? Has anything about it surprised you? Two, if the second half of the CPT happens, will there be upsets on who qualifies for Capcom Cup? Will whoever wins Capcom Cup have an asterisk in the history books? Three, how can I encourage my friends to improve and play fighting games with me? Especially when they know they'll probably lose every time. <laughs> Four, if you could patch one old game to your specifications, which one would it be? Five, with the success of the recent Battle of the Communities for Grand Blue in Japan, what are some other interesting online tournament formats we could try? And six, what's the best FGC meme of all time? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I actually can't believe that that didn't win, but it didn't win. I really <laughs> thought, when I was compiling these questions, I was like, well, this is the winner for sure. I better start thinking about it. Um, but actually, it had the fewest votes. Yes. So, I mean, I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have. I would not have. A, uh, uh, yes, actually, I think Fighting Fong Huang has the right answer. So there which you go. which is that? Uh, you know, a very infamous tweet that was written out by someone that clearly should not have written that. That definitely doesn't seem like he would have wrote that tweet. So mm. you know, um, I'm just gonna have to go with no. You cannot. <laughs> That's my favorite still. Do people still remember that one? I don't know. That's so long ago now. I know. But that that's... was so famous for so long, I swear. Yeah, that's still my favorite. Oh, man. <laughs> Can I put uh, anyway, my arm yeah. around you? So... No, you may not. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> the one, the one. Number three. How can I encourage my friends to improve and play fighting games with me? Especially when they know they'll probably lose every time. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, do you want me to go first? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, honestly, uh, the the biggest umbrella to that to this question and answer is if they don't want to play, don't make them. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is something I think that has to come from the person. Yes. And if they are open to it, then that's great. And, you know, maybe then we talk about what to do, but I definitely think that this is something that fundamentally has to come down to the person just wanting to learn, right? Yep. I, so that's the number one thing, right? Because the thing is, if you find someone who clearly wants to learn and you're better yep. at them, they are yep. just going to have that ability to start actually processing the information you tell them if you tell them like okay you have to start predicting you got to be worried about this pattern that you're doing and you know if they have that interest that will make sense if there's someone that you're kind of making play fighting games with you because you're trying to find a training partner and you start telling these things it sounds insulting it sounds intimidating it sounds right. frustrating and they're just not going to want to do it um i'm fully of the belief that if they're interested, they'll try to learn. Um, if they're not, like, don't force them. Or if you want to maybe get them into it because they're kind of there, but they just feel discouraged, but they could because they keep losing all the time. 
Okay. Uh, honestly, you know, you have to just figure out how to be able to explain to them what's actually happening. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of what I've been trying to do with the first attack series that I've been yeah. uh, doing is that I'm really trying to promote the mentality of fighting games on how you're supposed to approach fighting, how you're supposed to figure things out in fighting games, because it's it's. Fighting games, I mean, I, I've made this argument before a million times already, and I know I've had pushback on it and everything like that, but, you know, okay. there's nothing humanly instinctual about fighting games that work. You know, everything that your natural brain... Like, when I, I, Gerald from Corey Gaming put it the best when he showed that, you know, when people get into real fights... If you don't know how to fight, you just flail, right? And he showed that little scene <laughs> yeah, of Bart like swinging his arms and Lisa swinging her <laughs> arms at each other and everything. Yeah. That's what really happens when people don't know how to fight. They panic and they just swing. Like when you get to a real martial artist, they're just going to stand there, wait till you swing and then deflect and punch you back and stuff like that. Right, like, okay. You have to overcome that. You know, running away doesn't work in fighting games. Flailing doesn't work in fighting games. Everything that works in fighting games is completely counterintuitive to the human mind, which is why, you know, someone was talking, I was talking about reactions with a bunch of people uh, in chat recently. I personally don't believe reactions is something that you can naturally learn. I think it's something that it's an innate in people and someone's like, well, someone swung at me in the fifth grade and I reacted and blocked right away and almost every, well, yeah, because that's like a natural human reaction, but like in fighting games, that doesn't work. You know? <laughs> like you're, there's no natural human reaction to do uppercut motion plus punch instead of hitting standing medium kick when someone jumps at you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not quite the same thing. So, um... I just, I, fighting games are hard because they're unnatural. They're not what, nothing that works is what you would by default want to do in that game, in fighting games. And so that's what makes fighting games really hard. And you, you also have to make it so that while you're teaching them, I really honestly think you have to let them know that it's hard. I, I, I hate yeah, be honest about it, right? I hate the narrative of fighting games aren't that hard. They're really not that much harder than any like I hate that narrative because I still think fighting games are harder than almost anything out there. And I don't say that as a means of saying they're deeper or they're more complicated or, uh, you know, like I'm not trying to brag about it. I'm saying that's a problem with fighting games. <laughs> it's one of the hardest parts about fighting games is that they are so hard and that it's such a naturally defeating kind of uh, thing to do. You just feel bad about yourself <laughs> as you lose, you know, and you ve you very rarely get the kind of happy satisfaction that you would in like, hey, I'm playing League of Legends with my four buddies and we're playing against bots and yeah. we beat the bots. Yay! Like, you don't get that. Like, there is not, that doesn't exist in fighting games. And that's one of the hardest things about it. So, you know, make sure they want to learn. Always make sure that they know what they're up against and make sure you develop not just what you're supposed to do in the game. Like if you present to them like, oh, with Ryu, you should be trying to do this. If you present to them more like, remember when you're playing a fighting game that, you know, they're like one of the lessons I always teach is there's no right answers in fighting game. Everyone's always like, how do I escape this trap? 
And I'm like, there's no answer because every time you pick one solution, the opponent can pick another thing and counter that solution. If they can't, then the mix-up is useless, right? <laughs> and they won't do it. And so there's no right answers in fighting games. And that's one of the hardest things is why I always talk about how fighting games are a two-player game. Because no matter what you do, the opponent can always come up with something that will ruin what you want to do. Or mm -hmm. that tactic you're doing is too powerful. And so try to teach them that mindset, I think, is the most important thing to do. Well, I, I would say that while I agree that fighting games are hard... Uh, I don't see reason or value in saying that they're harder than other things that people try to master. It's just really hard to get good at something, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it just in general, uh, things that are worth getting good at tend to be hard. And I think I think that's that's enough to say. So I think that it's true that it's hard. But I also think that there's that it's important to to make it clear to somebody who's coming into learning fighting games that what they are going to be doing is not what a pro level player will be doing and that they shouldn't expect that right? right i mean that maybe that's something to look at far far down the line but you know for now like make sure that you know you can do a quarter circle forward motion and you know concentrate on blocking in this situation just you know keep keep the the expectations to something that is achievable rather mm -hmm. than something that is sort of pie in the sky um i think that having a pie in the sky kind of viewpoint is more likely to lead to to bad feelings and burnout mm -hmm. um so i i think i think that's important and then it's also well i definitely agree that the person just has to want to play fighting games i think that that they can be shown why it would be cool to play yes. fighting games mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so Somebody may think that a fighting game is that fighting games are, you know, without interesting stuff, or that there's nothing cool about it, or whatever it is, whatever negative viewpoint. And it's possible to overcome that. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta gauge whether the person is interested. They may just be not interested, and in <laughs> which case, like, don't bother them. Maybe like, don't be a jerk about it. Uh, but if there's somebody who has an open mind and, and has the potential to be curious about it, then yeah, I mean, you could you could show them fun matches. You could explain to them some of the sort of basic strategy in a way that might be enticing. Um, you could talk about how I know some people enjoy playing the more execution aspects of games and, and sort of how the hands work and, and the enjoyment of that. You know, you gotta you gotta play to the to the person, but I, I do think that it's possible that if somebody has um, you know is just curious in general that they could be convinced that fighting games are something to play. But, you know, if they're not into it, then then don't bug them too much about right. it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, again... Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think it's right what Axiom Mish says is that uh, fighting game players are competitive. Now, I'm, that's, that's true with people who play competitive games. Not everybody who plays games wants to be competitive. I don't know that most people want to be competitive, right? Um, but if, if your friend is somebody who has that kind of mindset and is looking for something or, or is curious, then yeah, I, I definitely think that it's possible to show somebody why fighting games are cool. 
and then it has to be up to them to to want to play right and it's a tough thing too because if you're a player who's clearly you do know how to play fighting games and you're playing against someone who doesn't know how to play fighting games and you do want to make sure that like he's like huh i feel like playing this new grand blue game because i like the mobile game he's like okay so you try to teach him how to play the game like, how do you play the game with a person like that without destroying them outright, but then also not make it feel like you're babying them? You know what I mean? Because mm. both of them can be kind of annoying and kind of bad as the person trying to learn. Like, oh, you're going easy on me. or You're not even trying, you know, that kind of thing. Or yeah. or why don't you eat? Like, dude, I can't even move. What the hell's going on? It's, it is yeah. a tough situation. It, to Yeah, it's, it's important to not be patronizing about it mm-hmm. i mean it's certainly possible to teach people the basics of things that you're an expert at without coming off as patronizing that happens all the time yeah but finding and this is something that will be person to person in terms of what they would find patronizing or what they would find um you know too much it's got to be a person to person thing but yeah there certainly is a middle ground in there where people will still be open to learning stuff without you know, feeling like they can't do anything or like like you're not doing anything. Right. right. That's definitely a middle ground. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a weird it's a weird situation, but I always think that and of course it's not exclusive to fighting games. It's definitely uh inclusive to a lot of things. Uh yeah. but uh I one V one is always gonna be harder. One V one is gonna be harder. Like you said, everything takes a lot of work and a lot of heartbreak to get good at. But 1v1 games are are hard because when you lose, you're just like, God, I, I suck at this. And, and, it's, and because it's a video game, it's not like tennis where you just feel like, oh, this person knows how to hit shots better than I do. You can kind of weirdly logicize it. And it's kind of something that I've always, you know, talked about video games. And interestingly enough, that is kind of one of the good things about the hero worship mentality of like, say the Smash community, is that Mm -hmm. I think the Smash community recognizes more that they're not gonna be able to do the things that those guys do you know, okay. offhand, because those guys are the gods, right? It's Hungrybox, it's it's Mango, like, I can't do that stuff. And they have a more realistic expectation. I remember doing Street Fighter 4, I've told the story before that people want to do Justin's Rufus One Frame Link, and they're like, it's a video game, I should be able to do that. Like, if you lose in tennis, you're, you can logicize it like, oh, that guy's just better than me because he can hit the shots better than me because he's been doing this longer. But for some reason, fighting games don't seem to convey that properly to people and so i think that's where that's why i always say it's one of the hardest things to get good at it's not one of the hardest things to learn it's one of the hardest things to continually be motivated to continue (laughs) to learn (laughs) because you know speaking for myself like i'm like i said this past weekend i've been kind of on a low and like even though i'm not doing bad like i feel like i'm doing awful and it's just like at that point you're just like you know, I suck. I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? It's like, it's crushing to the soul. <laughs> it is very crushing to the soul. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but right. I, I think that, I think many things feature that. And certainly I, I felt as somebody who played a lot of RTS and a lot of fighting games back in the day, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that one was easier or harder than the other. I felt, that they but learning both was really hard and that both yeah. were very unforgiving and yeah well rts whether I was playing R- brood war or war three or third strike or super turbo or whatever i was it took a lot of effort yeah <laughs> it was not easy i mean rts is is 
is another one of them that fits in there. It's the one one on one yeah, fight. Right. It's the one on one match kind of thing, and so it's very very similar in that situation. Uh, the nicest thing. The, the only reason why I still feel like fighting games are maybe a little harder, unless you're fighting like a Zerg Rush or something like that, that fight and then all of a sudden you're dead, like really fast. I'm assuming that's what a Zerg Rush is. You know, fighting games is like round one. <laughs> <laughs> like fighting games is round one, fight, you're there. And the guy is right there and you panic in, uh, is on set right away. You know, in StarCraft, at least you have time to mine at least you have time to like kind of okay but you're not when the the beginnings of games are are oftentimes the most uh frantic and structured at the same time right because uh -huh. you have you have tiny windows of seconds to get things right and you have to guess what the opponent's going to be doing or you have to scout and find out what they're doing and still there's some guessing involved and you you're trying to be as open as you can with your build, but also you have an idea in mind. And right, but... The, the higher wire act of that is something that isn't really in fighting games, and it's really hard. And, I, know, really hard and, I, and I understand that, and this is, this is... I don't think people understand what I'm trying to talk about, is that, yes, that's very, very difficult, but if you play the game and you lose because of that, it's, it's one of those things that you can go, oh, okay... Let me try doing it differently this way. Let me try doing it different. Oh shoot, I'm, you know, there's, it's a little bit more, more to the point where you're, you feel like you're still playing a video game. Whereas in a fighting game, it's like round one fight, the guy comes at you, throws you into the corner, EX scissor kicks you, and then psycho axes and knee, 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 and then you die, and you're like not even playing a video game anymore. You know what I mean? I don't like, know, man. I think, anyway. I feel I like it's both hard. I think it's uh, very. I just, I just don't think it's worthwhile saying that one is harder than the other, especially when somebody's trying see, to get involved. The, the, I, I don't want to have the expectation on there and that it's easier or that it's harder. I just, I don't feel like. See, that's the thing is like every time someone says it to me, it sounds like I say that because I'm trying to brag that fighting games are harder. I think that fighting games are just remarkably unintuitive. I just think fighting games are remark. Like I said, they, there's nothing about them that co co is cohesive to. I definitely, I that agree with you, Gentle Snow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's it, it, this is a hard, it's a hard thing to talk about if you haven't if you haven't done the thing. So, I just I mean I was never a top level StarCraft player, but I definitely was like pretty deep in the ladder for a while, and I I just I think it's worth saying that they are. They're both hard, and I just don't see any value or real or reality in saying that one is harder than the other. Uh, like I said, I just think it's harder to stay motivated in fighting games. That's just on the individual person, I would say. Mm -hmm. So if if you if you're trying to show somebody how to get into games, again, if they're not motivated to, then you know it's it's got to be up to them to to be motivated for it. And I also liked what Forrest said a little bit earlier in the chat, which was that if you're the person teaching, you know, recognize that. Many of us have had people who we've sort of taught some things about fighting games, and they haven't stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And as the person trying to teach, you can get very invested in somebody learning the game. And while that can be good because it motivates you as the person teaching, it also can be negative because they might not stick with it. And that if they end up quitting, you could feel like that's a big loss for yourself when... You don't need to view it that way. 
Yeah. And, and that's the interesting thing. I mean, Choice Sauce says, you know, I, I think there tends to be a false expectation because fighting games are like learning instruments. You'll know, you know you'll suck at first. And I just, I don't know a lot of people, like, realize how badly they'll suck at first at fighting games. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird about that. There's just something very weird about that. And even, I still even remember when I was playing Teppin early on, um, you know, I, I said this, and I know you didn't agree with this, but playing against the computer helped a lot in that game. In Teppin? In sure. Teppin, if you're, yeah. If you're learning card games, that, that makes sense. But playing against the computer in fighting games doesn't teach you anything. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's just one of the hardest parts about it is, like, you can't, there's, there's very little you can glean off of... Uh, off of actually playing fighting games. In fact, the more you play against the computer, the worse you become at fighting games, you know, in there's, a way. There's definitely a fine line there where yeah. I think it may be useful to learn the sort of super basics of what are the commands and, you know, what is my opponent character's options? Like, the super basics. Right. But then... Yeah, certainly trying to build any long-term strategy that could be useful against human opponents at, at even even a lower mid-level is not going to be used. Right. Yeah, I mean, for sure, every single game is going to be really complicated and hard to get into, and they all have their little nuances to get into that super competitive level. But even just getting into the casual level where you're not even super competitive at all, I think is the hard part. You know, that's, that's, that's the place that I'm talking about. A lot of the times, a lot of the top, you know, tactics that we're even talking about here, I feel like are the super high, 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 high level stuff. You know, there's a reason why fighting games have a reputation for being button mashers. Like, nobody calls RTS mouse mashers. Nobody calls MOBAs mouse mashers. Yeah. Because when you play those games, there's something intuitive, at least, about what you're trying to do. Build orders, you know, construct units, these kind of things. But in fighting games, if you haven't even gleaned the competitive level, it's so to the point that you even think at the highest level that people are still button matching. That other people, like, fighting game players can sit there and go, yes, all these games are really hard. MOBAs are hard. FPSs are hard. RTSs are hard. But all those games still, until we've had to yell at them, thought that fighting games were largely button mashers. And <laughs> I think that's because there's nothing intuitive about fighting games. So... I don't know. I, I just see it differently. I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but to me, there's a reason why there are that many people who are willing to play MOBAs and RTSs and FPSs, and yet the, the player base for fighting games is so much significantly smaller. There's a reason for that. And the, that they're all equal difficulty doesn't jive with that. That's, that's where I'm coming from. That's where I come from. Anyway, I think they're about the same. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, do you want to get to an, one of the other questions in here? Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, I mean, I could just say, if you could patch one game to your specifications, Super Turbo, like, that's it. I, I would patch Super Turbo. Wow. So, so much to the point that I've actually 
wanted to go and figure out how people were making their own custom versions of it. I almost just want to go and do that just for my own enjoyment, not for anybody to play, but just right. to see what happens if I wanted to try and as an experiment to myself to see if I actually know how to balance fighting games as much okay. as I think I do, because yeah, yeah. I think I can. And it would just be a fun experiment. It would never be an attempt to make a version to replace anything or any of, of that course. stuff. I wouldn't want HDR. I wouldn't want everyone to play James Chen version. I just want to do it just to kind of experiment and see what how my ideas play out because I think it would be super fun. I think it would that be would super be fun. fun to do. It might actually be fun to, to stream that too. Actually, sit that there, would be super fun. Super actually, yeah, I just I'd try like to, to like. Watch. Tweak Super Turbo. You know what? I'm going to do more research into that. I think that would be fun. That would be fun. And it's That's funny, awesome. too, because people wouldn't realize how scared I would be to give Cammy anything super good. Because, yeah. like, in HDR, she they gave, they did give her a gun. <laughs> they basically did. <laughs> they yep. basically gave her a gun. And I hated her. I hated her in HDR. So, trust me, I would not be buffing Cammy to that extent. She would they still... Gave her a cannon there you go good job good job david high five high yeah. five thanks buddy i have no i didn't even have the window open i don't even know how close that was so not at all oh actually it was okay <laughs> okay um, cool well i think this would be fun and i have written up these posts probably still exist i've written up huge posts on what i would do for super turbo and third strike yeah those are on SRK still, probably. And, <laughs> I mean, they were huge. And I don't know how I would feel about them nowadays. That must have been a, dec a decade or a right. dozen years ago now. And, and maybe I'd feel differently about some things, but I suspect not too much. I, I would just be very hands-off. I mean, I, I think my changes for Third Strike were like, Chun has one Huyokusen. <laughs> and Ganajin's bar is 50% longer. It was yeah. like very light. A yeah, very yeah, light yeah. Touch. That's what and I would do too. Yeah. Yeah, just, just, just tiny things. Ken's fine. Don't even change anything about yeah. Ken. Um, you know, the bottom five characters should get buffs. Like very light, very light stuff. And it was the same idea for, for ST. Uh, you know, when HDR was in the works and we were all posting on SRK about what we wanted to see, I posted up what I wanted to see for Honda. And it was just like, give me a mix of the aspects of old Honda and new Honda that I like. That's it. Obviously, take away stored Ochio. That's stupid. <laughs> uh, First I mean, change I asked for. Get rid of stored yeah. Ochio. Yeah, I mean, clearly it should have been taken care. Of. It should have been uh, taken out. So yeah, I just I just had like a few things, and I intentionally kept it to no more than three changes per character, mm -hmm. just as an absolute cap. Even if that meant that one character would end, would still be extremely yeah. strong, or one character wouldn't be like good enough, whatever, light light touch, because because these games are they're volatile, you know. And even though Super Turbo and Third Strike are not super well balanced games, they <laughs> some of the worst are still they are still volatile enough in terms of tiers that making substantial changes to any character is going to really drastically yeah. change stuff. And I just don't think that they require that yeah i've i've the way that i've always had the philosophy now 
And this wasn't true back on the SRK days when I was like, oh, you should change this. Balrog should be like this. Do all these crazy things to him. Like, yeah. I would look back at a lot of the suggestions and be like, no way. Like, this is not what you should be doing at all. And um, honestly, the real answer that I've come up with now is make the changes so much so that the characters continue to do the same thing that they do. The results are just different or the frequency is different. Okay. So, so in other words, let Chun-Li still do crouching medium kick, hit confirm into Hoyokusen. Totally. Either A, change the frequency by giving her one bar, or two, change the result by making it maybe do shippu damage. Shorten the mm. bar a little bit, make it do shippu damage. So now she's got this crazy super, it just doesn't reward her with just you're dead, you know? Well, I like one bar because Chun-Li without bar is one of the better characters in the game, mm -hmm. but it's not the best character in the game. And if she has one bar, she's the best character in the game. Right. For sure. So for her to... The issue for me in Third Strike with Chun-Li, the biggest individual one, is that she's usually the best character in the game. So if you don't win round number one, yep. where she could plausibly not get super, then you're not going to win the game versus a good player because they're going to be the best character in the game for the next two rounds. Yep. Because mm -hmm. they're gonna have bar for sure. So <laughs> I, I think if if she were limited to one, there would be more interesting games about how to play against her and how to how to deny her meter or how to uh, you know be willing to give up the second round where she <laughs> spends bar. I was just right? about to say that. Like the goal of a lot of players in Third Strike versus Chen Li is to win round one and lose yeah. round two to a super. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. make her spend the super so that the next round you have a better chance. Exactly. Like, it's literally... Anyway, I, I would not make these big changes to anything. Yeah. And, and that's that's how it is for all the games that I care about, that mm -hmm. I've played a lot. Because all the games that I've cared enough about to play a lot have been games that are pretty good for the most part. Yeah. Right? They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're not games that uh, that are, are that need terribly drastic changes. They're just already pretty good anyway. And... And I and I would be, I would rather be too light in my changes than too strong. Yep, agreed, agreed. Was that your phone that just shook over there? It was. Dang! It, was. it sounded like it was coming from my place. It was weird. It was. That's we. Oh yeah, that's right. It is coming from my place. Never it was, mind. buddy. It was. That's right. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. I'll well, pat you, you on the back um, of the chair over then... here. I think that's I think that's the one that I would have picked as well. Uh, oh, really? Not even the MK11 Grand Blue versus meter thing. Oh, what do I think about MK11 and Grand Blue Fantasy versus using timed meters instead of traditional meter systems? Okay, has anything about it surprised you? Well, I can't really speak to Grand Blue on account of I haven't really played that game much. In mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat 11, yeah, getting used to it was interesting, and and I ultimately like it a lot just because it's a different aspect of things, but. Sure, you know, the classic way that matches would go in NRS games, and in most games, would be that if you're up against a zoner who likes to throw a lot of fireballs or just be active about special moves, they're building meter while doing it. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I went back and I watched uh, uh, the top eight of EVO 2013 in Mortal Kombat 9, which is a classic set uh, between djt's cyrax and a few different cabals i think it was perfect legend <laughs> and ultimately rio i forget who else is in there might have been just sounds uh, funny they had to fight a few different cabals like they're just taking out like regimes dude. <laughs> right yeah I know, yeah, yeah yeah but 
Cabal's super threatening for many, many reasons. One of them is that he has some of the best zoning tools in the game, and whenever he does it, he builds meter. Yep. Which means that when you get close to him, he probably has breaker again, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you then get close and he does breaker, now he has no meter. Well, now you've gone back to zoning and he's built meter again for a breaker again. And that's just, it. I mean, that game's not very well balanced, so that's a problem anyway. But that same idea existed in, in every NRS game and in most fighting games, that the zoners will build meter yep. while they're doing their thing. So it's a, it's just a different mindset. And I and I, when I started out playing in MK11, as somebody trying to get in on a zoner, I would have that mindset of, uh-oh, I really got to capitalize like right now because I'm they're going to get meter again for a breaker <laughs> or for breakaway, and uh, that's going to be bad news for me. So I got to make it happen right now. I, I, gotta, I can't let off. And I realized that they're just going to get the meter again anyway, and I'm just going to get my offensive meter again anyway. So I'll just do the thing. And I, there's no incentive for me as a maybe a counter zoner in mm -hmm. some matchups to throw fireballs if I don't need to because it's not like I'm building meter doing it. They're not yeah. building meter doing it. I can just walk and block or walk and duck. You know? it, the, the strategy involved is definitely different. And I like it a lot. I think that it's unique. I don't think that I would want it to be every game because yeah, yeah. I like the traditional way that meters work as well. But I do think that it's really cool for MK11 to have it. They obviously balance the game with that in mind. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. It But it has made differences in how I approach a bunch of different situations. Sure, I'll just I'll spend breakaway here. I don't need to worry too much about it. Like, I'm going to get it again. I won't need to... If I'm the zoner, I won't need to get away and zone again to make sure that I have breakaway. I'm just going to, like, get it. <laughs> It'll just be there <laughs> at some point. So I'll use it. Who cares? Uh, it's, it is definitely a different a different um, uh, uh, way of doing things. I think it's very interesting that there's some characters who use their defensive meter on purpose. In those cases, I think you have to be a little bit more cautious about it. But even still, I mean, you see Kung Lao players use his um, orbital hat Mm. And they'll just, like, spend both hits of the orbital hat, which costs yeah. all of your offensive and defensive meter. And they're just like, okay, I'll do it. I mean, I'll get it back. Right? <laughs> I won't need to do anything to get it back. It's just going to be here at some point. And yeah. So they, they give it up. I, I do think that it's... When the game first came out, I think people thought that that version of Kung Lao was weak, in part because it's so meter-intensive for him to give mm. up the hats. But... That's with the mindset of meter is precious and you need to do something to get it back, but you don't. It just comes back, and and that having that recognition, I think, opens up what could be good in the game for you in a way that does make the orbital hats actually like pretty legit. Yeah. Again, obviously they balance the game with that in mind. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough. I really like it because it's the most fair meter gain out of every system <laughs> I feel like kind of ever created. Because if you think about it, what usually happens in there's like kind of two ways to build meter. You get rewarded for being aggressive or you get rewarded for getting beat up, right? Or both. You could do both, obviously. But sure. when, you, when you look at the situation where someone is getting rewarded for being the offensive player and succeeding, like say you don't. You don't build meter for blocking. You don't build meter for taking damage. You know, that kind of thing. You don't build meter for whiffing buttons and stuff. But you build meter for, for hitting the opponent, right? Because we want right, to okay. reward you. 
The problem with that is then that means the rich get richer, right? Because if you're beating right. up on somebody, that means you're winning and now you are the one with the resources. And uh, yeah, you're being rewarded for it, but now that's really harder for the other person to do anything. It's, it's a snowballing kind of effect. On the other side of things, if you want to reward someone for getting beat up because you want to give them the meter to be able to escape things, that's comeback mechanics, that's the ultra, and people don't kind of, you know... Obviously, there's a lot of grumblings about how that works as well. And so when you just have, like, if you made it so that you get rewarded for getting hit and for hitting somebody, why not just make it so the meter just goes up, right? Right. (laughs) You know? So in a weird way, I actually feel like it is one of the more fair, even kind of things to do. Yeah. Uh, So to be honest with you, I've learned to really enjoy it. It was one of my favorite things about MK11 that, you know, you can ask people when I play Street Fighter V, a lot of times I don't spend meter because I, okay. I, I, I have to make it count. And I'm scared because I don't know if I'll get it back and da, da, da. In MK11, okay. I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to dive kick and, into, and, and, and enhance this, get more damage because it's coming back, whatever, you know. And uh, in a way, it's a little freeing. The only problem is I, I don't like the lack of resource management. I do think resource management is a super fun aspect of fighting games. And right. one, of, one of my favorite parts of fighting games is resource management. And, you know, uh, I, I liked it when old games had one meter that did a billion things. So I actually really liked how MK9 worked. Uh, except for the fact that nobody would ever use it except for Combo Breaker because Combo Breaker was too useful. Uh, yeah. they, it wasn't balanced. You know, Combo Breaker should have been yeah. the three bar and X-Ray should have been the two bar. <laughs> you, Dang, that would have been a gigantic change. You know, like that that's how valuable they were. You know, yeah, Cyrex would have been even better. Would he have? <laughs> yeah, definitely. If, if there were even few, fewer situations where people could break out of combos. Oh. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, that's that's the thing. So I love resource management. So it's weird. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I like both of them. I don't want either one to be the norm. And yeah. I think that the way that uh, different games are doing it, I think is really cool. I, I, I do like the fact that I can use EXs in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus and just trust that it'll be back in like eight seconds. Yeah, you know? it is cool. Uh, so I, I like both. I like both systems, and uh, they do take very different strategies. And yeah, uh, because I mean, everybody like who knows me knows this about me. All you have to do is step in my house and see the seven hundred empty boxes I have in my garage and in my spare bedroom and stuff like that. I'm a pack rat. I hate throwing things away. I feel like everything will be useful at one point in time. Like if you buy like a like, let's say you buy something and it comes with a plug and the plug has a little plastic piece that covers the prongs. Like, okay. I'll keep that plastic piece because I feel like in the future I might be able to cut it up and use it for something fancy. Like, here's this one right here. Here's a plug prong right here that I'm holding right now. I've saved this plug prong because I taped it to my uh, Victrix stick on the touchpad button so it's raised above all the other buttons so I don't have to look down at the joystick to press this button. 
And that's why I ca- and so I'm so happy that I've kept this because I was able to do that. The tape fell off, which is why it's not on the joystick right now. But you know, if I was able ever to glue it on there, that would work. So like I save everything. So like I would literally take this and paste it onto this button, like glue it onto this button so it would be raised so I don't have to look down at the joystick to know what button is the touchpad button. This is how I am and that's why I'm bad at spending meter. <laughs> That's why I'm bad at spending meter because I, I have buyer's remorse. I have a heavy buyer's remorse. And if I spend meter and it doesn't do well, then I get really sad. You know, if I spend the money on meter and it doesn't do anything, it makes me sad. So yeah, my place is a mess because I save everything like that. And also it's turned me into a manic recycler as well. So uh, Santa Monica is nice that they have the big giant recycle bins that you could just dump everything into and they'll sort it later. So seriously, like I recycle every goddamn thing that exists these days. So, I mean, I, I could probably start naming some of the things that I do and recycle, but I think people already think I'm crazy enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you ever read the magazine from 2008 that's in your bathroom? Dude, that magazine is so much earlier than 2008. <laughs> it's talking about the 90210 reunion, okay? Between yeah, it says 2008 on it. Was it 2008? God, I could have swore it was a lot earlier than that. There, there may be magazines in that pile that are from before that, but the one on top says 2008. Okay, okay. Let me take a look. I'm going to grab it right now. Okay. <laughs> I've looked at that magazine so many times. I just done this. It's this old Entertainment Weekly magazine from the 90210 reunion with Shannon Doherty and Jenny Garth on here. You're right, it's September 5th, 2008. I thought this was like from 90 something or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. What, what do they talk about in this issue here? Ooh, they're talking about the Watchmen movie. Yep, I know. That might have potentially come out. They're talking about the Half Blood Prince Harry Potter movie that hasn't come out yet. Nope, excited for that one. <laughs> this is the way it works, man. Anyway, how did we get on this? Meter oh, yeah, management. this had to do with your meter management. Meter man, this is all why right. I'm scared to spend meter. Okay, all right. Well, you want to go on to more game news here? Uh, Sure, let's do that. Oh, we've been in 5 of 5 match of viewer's choice for a while. Oh, yeah, but all right, we'll move on to the last category here. Okay, okay. Fighting game news. Fighting game news. So, in Grand Blue Fantasy versus Sonya's and Jita are out. How is, how is quarantine making me lose it when I've been doing this for the past 12 years? It's definitely not quarantine that's making me lose it. Uh, anyways, go ahead. Have you played Thoriz and Jita? Uh, I have messed with both of them a little bit. I know Soriz has a bunch of nice unblockable, or I'm sorry, guard break setups that give him enough recovery time that they're meaty, that, that cool. you can combo off of it. So he has, when he charges up, when he does his install, he gains access to an unblockable. Actually, I think he has it all the time, but it might be faster in the install. I can't remember. But normally when you guard break them, you can't really get anything off of it. But there are situations where you can land it meaty enough 
that you can combo off of it. So I've just tried finding that myself and I wasn't able to figure out the exact setups for it, but I just like experimenting with that. Sure. Uh, and then Jita, she has a deadly, she's got a deadly rave combo, which is, you know, button, button, oh, button, right. button, 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 button. And I just did that for like 40 minutes because it's just really fun. So that makes sense. Cause like <laughs> I was trying to, okay. It was only during install. So, cause I was just trying to learn how to do it without mashing. Cause you can kind of go like, so I was just trying to learn to do it with one button press for every one of them. And there's one part, the first medium is two hits. So you have to kind of delay before you get to the next medium. And <clears throat> I figured out the timing. And once I figured out the timing, I did it like 50 times just for fun because that's, I just enjoy that. So nice. Uh, yeah. Well, I haven't played them. Uh, but, did you check the patch notes out? Uh, the patch notes are, oh, they, they only change small stuff. The big thing, yeah. the big patches are coming soon. The big patch is coming soon. Uh, although they did make it so that, so Zeta had this really bad hurt box on her crouching, on her 2H that made mm -hmm. it lose to a lot of jump attacks. So they buffed it. But they might have overdid it because now everyone says she clearly has the best anti-air like in the game now. So okay, they wow. might have overdid it. Um, but again, I haven't had a chance to keep wind of how Soriz and, uh, and Jita are doing as characters. I know a lot of people... Soriz seems to be like the current Alex. I just see a lot of people saying that he sucks and then all these people showing footage of him demolishing everybody and they're like, oh yeah, this character sucks, you know, kind of thing. But I don't have enough of a pulse to know exactly where they where they place right now. So okay. uh, I can't get my hand in front of your chair. So Tubo told me to poke your nose, but, you know, I just... You can't. You're I'm so sorry. far forward that my hand can only go behind your chair. Yep, I'm way up here in front. All right. Hey, news about Undernight. Kind of. It's intriguing. Sort of. It's intriguing. It is intriguing. So the battle planner, Kamone Serizawa, was asked about using rollback netcode on stream. And he said, we are still facing problems with it right now. Lots of problems. But I'm doing it little by little. So, implying that sometime in the future, possibility at least, of getting rollback netcode for Undernight and Birth. Which will be great. If that happens, I may not play any other fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. Dude, seriously, I am... If they can do... Like, reading this news is just like... I'm just like, oh, God! Because if they can make Undernight play with rollback netcode, like, I would probably drop so many of the other fighting games out there. Because Go for it, man. You should play the game that you like. Yeah, That sure. game is just so much fun. Holy crap. Like I said, I played it online that one time, and it was really enjoyable, but, you know, I couldn't block half the shit that was happening. Right. <laughs> so to get rollback on that, good rollback netcode on that, oh, God, like, I would be yeah, in heaven. It's like launch SF5 netcode. <laughs> Launch SF5 netcode. Well, actually, in some ways, that may be better. What if it's current SF5 PS4 netcode? No. <laughs> no. Projected. <laughs> no. Don't even put the work in. I mean, if it was beta Street Fighter V netcode, okay, okay. 
before they put in all the 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 you know the fa the fake input lags and all that stuff like that you know one of the betas i can't remember which beta for street fighter 5 was super good yeah yeah, yeah. anyway r.i.p ultimore patch I mean, that's the thing is like, I would play all the games that I like. It's just that I, I can't play under night because online is just not good, you know? Uh, Street Fighter V, I mean, as as much as the net code is bad, it's still better than most of the games. It is. It, <laughs> Weirdly it enough. Is. Yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely true. When I've, I've been picking up Killer Instinct again lately, mm -hmm. and I wrote about this for our Patreon content, the articles that we do, but I picked picking up ki not just because of the netcode that although that was the, the final one i wanted to play games that i enjoyed and so i thought to myself okay i'm here i am in my apartment i can't go anywhere i want to play games that i enjoy well which games do i enjoy right now i've often said if i wasn't playing mk11 or sf5 i'd be playing soul caliber 6 i really it's super great i really like like, like that game i also really like blaze blue cross tag battle those were the two that jumped out to me and i thought to myself I'm not going to play those games online <laughs> over the internet. Yep. I just will not do that to myself. Yep. Um, and so I, I thought to all the games that I would like to play, it's certainly more than just those two. And they just don't have experiences that are conducive to playing online at a time when we cannot meet up with each other. Mm -hmm. If I were to be able to meet up with each other, play those games, different story. But I can't right now. So I got to play a game that I enjoy, but that also has good netcode. I, and it's killer instinct. Absolutely agree. And I, I even started messing with some other games just to see how they feel. Uh, I on Friday I did nothing but stream them's fighting herds, and uh, I went through all the six characters. Okay. I went through the tutorial to, to f find out, you know, how the characters play. Holy crap, that game is creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it sure. very fo it follows very much in line with a lot of like Skullgirls kind of stuff where they just. Mm -hmm came out with some crazy stuff so much to the point that when i went and watched some high level footage like i looked at it and i was like wow like <laughs> i would never be able to play this game because <laughs> it's so mix heavy uh arizona is ridiculous and i was like mm. i would just get completely murdered by this character <laughs> Um, that game is, uh, like I said, the movement, the, the, the options that the characters have, uh, the, the way that they design the game is really cool, and, and it seems really, really uh, fun to play, but it seems scary. <laughs> <laughs> it seems very scary. I do want to try Punch Planet next. Uh, I've heard really good things. Yeah, I might want to jump into back into Skullgirls. I definitely wanted to go into uh, Killer Instinct again as well. Maybe try right. to relearn Killer Instinct. Uh, yeah, and that's the hardest part. That's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to stream it is because Anti-Particle says in the chat, you know, I think the character design holds them fighting herds back because, you know, it has that My Little Pony kind of, you know, reputation kind of things like that. But... I mean, you just got to look past that, man. If it's a good fighting yeah. game, it's a good fighting game. You know, just, I agree just enjoy the fighting game. Um, you know, Fight of Gods was, like, super janky looking, but that was super entertaining, you know. It was fun. Yeah. It's, fun. <laughs> um, no, it's competitive. Yeah. So, honestly, you know, uh, I, I'm trying to go through this. And, yeah, I, I want to promote the games with good netcode at yeah. this point because I think this is the time now to really make those games shine and stand out. Because I feel like uh, it's important. And yeah, I definitely I'm, agree. 
I mean, I, I wanted to bring up the kind of resurgence about Killer Instinct right now. I guess this is a good segue for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are picking it back up again. I'm one of them. I played the game for probably a good year, year and a half or so after it came out on Windows. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped when it felt like everybody quit. Well, I'm back to it now, like I said. I've been playing it a lot. It's not just me. A lot of other people are going back to it or are picking it up for the first time. So, like, I've been watching the Kill Sage play it for the first time. Uh, he played it with... Uh, I was watching with Flux and Ray Ray and a few other folks in New York uh, pick it up for the first time and get pretty good at it already. It, it's been really cool to see. And I'm playing it on Steam, which definitely has fewer people than Windows and Xbox One do. But I'm still getting plenty of games. Like, there's mm. still plenty of people just on random ranked. You can go on exhibition mode. There's plenty of people to play. Uh, it There's still really a big scene for it. And you know, I mentioned that I'm playing it because I like it and because netcode's good. But another reason that was one of the factors for me was that I needed to be able to learn a game without going out and talking with people about it. Because <laughs> one of the ways that I like to learn a game is to like meet up with friends and we play the game and we learn it. Or or I go to somebody's house who like knows the game already and we I, they teach it to me effectively. I can't do that. So which game scene scenes have you know good ways to learn online? Mm -hmm. It's KI. <laughs> like KI has the best community created game guide of any fighting game. Oh, you're talking about infill.net, right? KI.infill.net. Yeah, yeah. Infillment's site is just the best. I mean, it's got absolutely everything. It's got all the text that you need. It's got plenty of gifts showing you what to do. It's got interactivity. It's it's just everything. And that plus the scene being really welcoming. And, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with some of the people who made the game. I mean, like, they're going to be helpful for it. Uh, so it's been it's been really nice to to pick back up, and I've been really having a good time playing it. That's cool. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, Infil Infilament has been working on that site for years. Yes, I don't. Might be six years. That might be correct. But he's definitely yeah, got, been working on everything there. Dude, the, he so uh, yeah, I've been I've been playing it a lot. I'm playing General Rom, who's the best version of Zangief ever. That's hyper fighting, but still. No, it's definitely Rom. Rom is incredible. Uh, he's he's the cheapest I've ever felt using a Zangief. Right, that's sure. what I mean, is that he's probably too good, right? To be Well, a... he's not too good in the context of that game, where every character just has incredible options. That's one of the things that I like most about it, is that every... You know, I like... What characters do I like? I like grapplers and zoners and weirdos. And when the combination of them comes in, then I'm the most happy... Every single character in this game is the weirdo. Ryu's the weirdo in this game. <laughs> right. Like, Jago's the weirdo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, from top to bottom, they're all, they all have zany options. And that's, for me, it's really, really fun. Right. Well, I, I mean, so, again, great. one of the best things about Killer Instinct is because the combo breaker system exists, you can actually afford to make every character broken. Because yeah. even when you get hit, you're still playing a mind game that's now narrowed down to similar mind game for almost every character, you know. So you play this really intricate neutral, and even though a character's super busted, you always have a second chance to keep yourself alive. 
And whereas, you know, the joke was before, you know, slam dunk, play rock, paper, scissors to see if it counted. Like before, you know, okay, I get what the joke means, but yeah. now the way that the game has gone, the path that has gone, it's good. <laughs> it is good. It, it is, is good, good that it's yeah. designed that way. So yeah, For sure it is, yeah. And, uh, Although that said, Rom can do two chance combos. Oh, yeah. say I've only seen... two in combo mix-ups and take off 99%. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I saw that. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm really having fun. It's been great to play with everybody again. Hey, man. Yes, I... Rom is definitely the Zangief of Kai. And that's not... I'm not making that up. I mean, you you can talk with the people who designed the game and designed the character, and they'll just be like, yeah, he's this is Zangief. He has Zangief's buttons. He's got focus attack. He's got level 3 focus attack. He's a command grab character. Uh, he has similar mobility. It's definitely Zangief. Does he have kick <laughs> so lariat? No Does he have kick lariat? He doesn't. Have, well, basically, so he doesn't have lariat. It's not three punch or three kick, but he has quarter circle forward kicks. Uh, quarter circle forward life is lower body invulnerable. Quarter circle medium kick is upper body invulnerable. Quarter circle roundhouse is. Full body involved, but it takes a lot more time to start up. Right, um, okay. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the best Zangief's ever been. <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's god. Ramen yeah. Oh man. Anyway, but... if anybody else is interested in picking it up, let me know. Hey look, I'll uh, tell you this. I'm just at a low level myself picking the game back up. If I want to play the game, I can bust out my Xbox One and I can start playing it on there because that's where well, I Well, of course it. it's on Windows. And on top of that, it's free to play. Right. <laughs> if you want all the characters, then you got to pay money. But, but see, this if is what I like got the game for the first time. You can do free to play. If I play Xbox One, I'm still with all of the Windows 10 community, right? <laughs> so... You are. <laughs> yeah. And it's on Steam as well, where there's, I believe, no free to play option. I believe Steam is you have to buy it. Oh, okay, okay. If you're if you play the Windows 10 version or the Xbox One version, there's a free to play version. Right. Right. You know, it's so funny because now that I play games on my streaming station all the time, I actually use my Xbox One all the time. I use it for Netflix and Disney Plus and <laughs> nice. on my main TV. So there you go. There you go. It actually gained use. <laughs> Big news for Bloody Roar. Pachinko Machine is coming, baby. <laughs> right, yeah, so Konami, which created that game back in the late 90s, I think, filed a trademark registration for it. And so everybody's like, wow, that means there's a new fighting game. I mean, it could, honestly. When companies file again like this, it probably signifies some intent to use it. Is that a fighting game? I, I don't know. And Yeah, is it Pachinko? <laughs> Are they going to be... Uh, is there going to be a mobile game out of it? Like, it could be anything. I just, okay, so... Is there going to be a Bloody Roar character in some other game? Nobody knows. I just, okay, yeah, okay, so this is true. I just looked it up. When it showed up to UCLA the very first time, it was late, it was called Beasterizer. <laughs> Beaster? Oh, you haven't told me that yet. Yeah, yeah, it's called Beasterizer. And I was just like... Is that right? Is my memory just messed up? And I looked it up. No, that's what it was called. It was called Beasterizer in North America. What a genius so, name. How did they even get away with that, dude? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. And then 
Anyway, as, as a lawyer, don't take too much stock in that meeting that there's a fighting game about it. But yeah, maybe some intention to use it. Pachinko machine. It was like when Guilty Gear had that one pachinko machine where Johnny had a mustache for no reason and stuff. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, That's all I got for game news. Because, I mean, honestly, if you go to Japan, I mean, the pachinko machine industry there is crazy. So it's it's big business there. Um, <clears throat> Guilty Gear. As far. Pachinko Johnny mustache. Are you looking it up now? Yeah, just so you can see how ugly he looked with that. I remember I saw it and I was like, if he comes out in the new game with this mustache, I'll be so mad. He's just, he's just beard and mustache. It's just so weird looking. Like, why would they do that to him? I don't know, dude. It doesn't look right at all. Oh, man. Well, again, that's all I got for game news. Okay. In terms of some community news stuff, have you seen this new Twitter account? Perfectly Cut Fighting Game. Yeah, uh, it's based off of the Perfectly Cut Screams account. It sure is. Yeah. What do you think about it? I think it's genius. I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it. it's cool, I guess. It's a, it's another fun meme account. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it's fun myself. I've been following that a bunch. Uh, anyway, that's it about that. Um, <laughs> Hey, Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge is out. It's a movie, obviously, based on Mortal Kombat. I haven't watched it yet, but I've been hearing good things about it. I believe it's available on Amazon, and I've heard Netflix, but I don't know if that's right. Oh, is it Any on case, Netflix? Whatever, just Google it. Um, if it's on Netflix, yeah, I could actually I've heard see from, it. From the more... From people I know who are like more into MK as like lore, lore than I am, yeah. uh, they, they've said that it's really good. Cool. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna see if it's on Netflix. I'm just curious. And then, last bit of community news is that my cat got Kotaku'd. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> yes. And oh, as a result, that video has more views than anything on our channel ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Ajax is number one. He's the most famous cat. Uh, he. I mean, he can open doors. I mean, look. The he's a genius. I mean, look, he's a cat genius. Let me tell you something, okay? Let me let me let me bring you down a notch here, okay? The first okay, time I've right, seen a right. first time I saw a cat open a door was at Chris Lee's house back okay. in like 2004 or something or 2003. I slept in his basement. His basement is gigantic, by the way, and I was okay. allergic to cats. I've been to his basement. I was allergic to cats, so I was, like, uh, scared about that. And so, like, I closed the door, and I told Chris Lee, I'm, I was like, I'm going to close the door. And he said, it's not going to help. And I was like, huh? And in the middle of the night, I'm sitting there lying in on the bed, and I hear, yeah. and the door opens up, and in comes the cat. Now, the reason why I can say it's one up because that was a knob door. Oh, you think that's so fancy? Well, <laughs> so we have um, on our pantry, we have one of those doors. I think they're called accordion doors, but they're it's the kind of thing where there's a flat panel, and then to open it, you slightly tug on one of the sides, and it does like this sort of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, right, uh -huh. this kind of phenomenon, and then it sort of goes to the yeah. side. So he's figured out how to tug on the little... Uh, a little knocker almost. It's like a little ring uh, that you uh -huh. tug on with your human fingers. And then you push it to the side. He's figured out how to do that with the pantry as well. 
he's capable of many things. Uh, I, I actually have, uh, like, this weird setup on my closets downstairs where I actually have one of those clips, you know, the paper clip things where I have to clip it at the top and make sure that I shove one of the, the, the ring parts onto the door so that it's harder to open. Because Nathan opens up my closets and uh, go, goes inside all the time. And mm-hmm. what the crazy thing was, I have had it ringed like that for at least like four years now. Five years. And he has never been able to get that closet open in like five years. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I need this anymore. I don't think I need <laughs> okay. to do this anymore because he knows he can't open this closet. Right. So I took the paper clip off, and the next day the closet was open. Wow, the next day, huh? The next day. It just didn't, like, I don't know if he just checks it every single day of his life. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he's been trying it every single day his entire life, <laughs> and it finally worked, and he was flabbergasted. Dude, he was like, yo! And I was like, what the hell? And so now it's clipped again, and I'm like, god damn it. Uh, he had one day, <laughs> only one. <laughs> I don't understand, man. I don't understand. It was the most exciting day of his life. The cats have nothing but time. <laughs> right. They have nothing but time. Good oh, boy. Man. But yeah, no, it's awesome that your cat got Kotaku. Anyway, thanks to Ian for putting that story up. I thought that was, that was funny. And thanks for the nice words, people in the chat, saying that the editing was good. I, that's nice of you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all I got for stuff that's happened. Uh, as far as upcoming things, a couple of things, like I said, the Mortal Kombat local that we've been doing in the Valley here in LA is obviously online now. So Valley Combat Online Edition, anyone can enter because it's Mortal Kombat as long as you have a wired connection. So we're going to be playing Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time and we're going to stream it on this channel. So if you're somebody who'd like to play Mortal Kombat, uh, just hit me up on Twitter at UltraDavid. And I'm happy to get you set up. We have a little Discord that we hang out in and get games on, you know, when we're not playing in the tournament. That'll be on Thursday. And then more NK stuff, the Mortal Kombat Pro Competition Final Combat from season 2019 to 2020, which took place at the beginning of March, is going to be airing on Friday, April 17th on television on TBS. So... Me from the past will be on TV in the future. <laughs> and uh, uh, this weekend is going to be another Teppan exhibition that I'll be helping with again. Uh, we're going to give uh, a chance for other commentators to do commentary. So uh, myself and right. Chopstick will not be doing commentary, but we'll be doing the analyst desk this time. So Oh, that's so cool. And we're going to have a couple of other people doing commentary. So that's going to be really cool. So. Doing a lot of awesome. Teppin stuff. And this is all community Teppin stuff, by the way, too. So, uh, Which I've still been playing pretty heavily. Yeah, uh, using so a top, cool, Using a top-tier deck, so like I'm actually doing well in it now. Nice. So, you know. <laughs> Thanks for the subscription, Ray Ra. And yeah, Zorlan, for sure. Are bad players welcomed? Let me tell you about the guy who has been running these events. His name is Shankar. And... He's been around in FGC forever. The second time I think we got this local together, again, organized by him, he was playing in the tournament, and he picked Kotal Kahn. And he began playing Kotal Kahn. And then he turned around mid-set, and he asks, hey, how do you do the totems? 
So, yes, <laughs> the answer to the question, are bad players welcomed? Definitely. Damn! You just call out Shankar like that? Yo! <laughs> Yo! Dude, come on, Definitely. man. Uh. I blew him up immediately. <laughs> this, is not, this is not like delayed blowing up that behind his back. No. <laughs> he got blown up instantly. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, I think I guess that's all I've got as well. Uh, like I said, I'm still playing Teppin a lot. Um, I've uh, been playing the Zombie Rush Zero deck, which is clearly too strong. Uh, Rakuhoha is way too good. and um, But, you know, I've been winning, and it's a fun deck. It's actually a fun deck because it's very active. you mm. got to constantly keep playing, and that's the whole point of it. So it's pretty fun, but it's clearly busted although you know as with ccgs go because ccgs are a little bit different than um you know fighting games in that when something is pow overpowered in a ccg you can count on almost everybody using it so the sure. dominating decks really do define the meta so a counter pick to the dominating decks can have real life even if it doesn't beat the majority of the other decks out there. Right. Make, makes sense. You know, so just because, like, let's say in Super Turbo, Dalsum's the best character, because he is. He's, like, the second best character, right? Sure. And let's say people hadn't figured out that now Cammy actually dies really badly to him, but <laughs> uh, let's yeah. pretend Cammy actually still beat Dalsum. That wouldn't have made her viable. You know what I mean? Because you would have yeah. still run into everybody else. But, you know, in, in, in CCGs, it's interesting because you can use a deck that's actually kind of weaker in general because it beats the best deck out there because everybody's going to be using that. So it's really interesting. It's really uninteresting. So, uh, <laughs> placing all Rathalos. Uh, also, in Final Fantasy Record Keeper, I'm sure nobody cares, but I'm three away <laughs> from taking out all of the... Five star magicites, including I'm sorry, the four star magis four star magicites, five star, whatever it is, the level, including Sildra. I've beaten Sildra now, and which is a huge accomplishment. So, yeah, I think it's the five star magicites. Yes, five star magicites, and uh, dude, Morgan is so bad. Oh, God, it makes me so sad in 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 Teppen. Makes me really really sad that Morgan is bad now. And again, we talked about it earlier, Forrest. I don't know if you weren't in the chat earlier when I was talking about how uh, I'm a Final Fantasy hipster and Final Fantasy VII Remake just has... I just have trouble, like, trying to care. So... <laughs> a record Keeper is pretty easy to get back into because they're pretty generous with things and as long as you pull some good stuff you can beat a lot of things it'll take you a while before you can start beating the really really important things like five star magicides but you can get buffed pretty fast in that game because all the things that you used to have to buff up like your levels and all these things like that aren't even nearly as important as just grabbing like if you just do a pull and you grab one uh like you grab one awakening that thing is just going to carry you for a very very long time like they 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 made it so that it's easy to get pretty powerful so 
Uh, did you 100%? I haven't put 100% Friday, in Mario Odyssey. I have not 100%ed Mario Odyssey. I'm I'm very slowly working on it. Like I'll play that game once every few weeks maybe and spend a few hours doing it. So I feel like in a couple of decades I'll have it 100%ed. But <laughs> it's right. crazy because I was so happy to get Unist on the Switch because I was expecting to be able to play that all over the place, like in the planes and the hotels and everything like that. And because we've been quarantined and not going anywhere, I haven't even touched it on the Switch barely ever. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I've just been up here playing Street Fighter Five or training moding all the other fighting games just to see what's going on with like Jita and Soris and Haumaru and Soul Calibur Six and everything. You know, mm -hmm. it's weird. I, I just I, you know, I I don't sit down there and play fighting games on my in, in while lying in bed as much as I thought I was going to. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Ugh. All right, man. Well. I guess I'm gonna skedaddle. Yep, no problem, no problem. Thanks. Uh... And let me know if you'd like to, you know, play games online or get a Discord call going while we play. Maybe we. I mean, you mentioned earlier that talking with other people is nice, so I'm happy to do that anytime. Yeah, I mean, I should probably try to actually. Oh, we did not talk about that excellent young. Uh, I know a lot of Japanese arcades are going through rough times because of all the quarantining. Uh, oh, and there's I hadn't a, heard about that, but that makes sense. Yeah, there's That's a lot sad. of arcades that are having, like, save the arcade campaigns out there uh, oh. to try to help them live and everything. And I, It's like, it's crazy, because, like, I feel like what, what, what needs to happen here, obviously, you know, with all this, you know, bail out this, bail out that, what they should do is go to the banks, say, here's a bunch of money, don't charge anyone their mortgage... So that they can live, so that you don't have to charge, so those people don't have to charge the people living there or running their businesses there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's got to be something that works. Oh, there's plenty of stuff that works, but... Yeah. You know, neither our country nor Japan, I kind of government is going to be interested yeah. in that. Uh, I'm scared that, that that some of these arcades are gonna close down. Yeah, that's, oh, I hadn't heard about that, but that really is that really sucks. Okay, so Fanta Fanta says uh, that um, Giuna has collected all of the uh, links, funding links. So uh, check okay. out Giuna's Twitter, which is just it's just at Giuna or is it Giuna JP? Giuna JP, yeah, it's Giuna JP. So J-A-J-I-Y-U-N-A-J-P, go and check that out, and uh, you should, that way you should be able to see the, uh, the, the links over there. There you go. So Mex Deuce just put it in the chat. Thank you very much. There you go. Yep, here we All go. Right. Game Newton, Nakano, TRF, oh man, Kohatsu, the big one. So all four of those are trying to get some wow. uh, help over there. Uh, Mikado hit their goal and raised 200,000K almost immediately after opening oh. up their fundraiser. Dang. Yen. Okay, okay. No, dollars? I don't know if it's dollars or yen. He wrote down well, he dollars. He has a dollar sign in front of that 200 there on that yeah. tweet. Yeah. So, so Mikado is going to be okay. But, yeah, you the other ones, Game Newton, Nakano, TRF. Uh, which I've been to, Kohatsu and the big one are all ones that uh, uh, are good to try to rescue. So there you go. 
Alrighty. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Phoenix Force, uh, we're not social distancing. That's right. I'm really here in James's apartment. Yep, exactly, exactly. I mean, I was scared. Like, I was supposed to visit my parents recently, and I, I'm really sad that I'm not going to be able to see... <laughs> what the hell have you done? <laughs> that uh, I was going to go see my parents, and then I decided to myself I just didn't want to do it because I was just scared. Because, you know, obviously they're older, and I didn't want to... Yeah. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. I didn't want to be an asymptomatic carrier and, and cause them any problems. But with David, I don't care. So, you know, I'm just going to sit right next to him anyway. And like... No, you know, uh, my wife and I were already taking it seriously. I know you're taking it seriously, too. When we found out that domestic cats can also get it, we took it even more seriously. Oh, I mean, we yeah. already were. Like, just... It just sort of in our minds, like, ratcheted it up. The importance of taking it seriously because the cats are very important to us, and I know it's the same for you. We are definitely Find taking it seriously. Yeah, and Nathan's been sneezing a lot recently, and trust me, my paranoia mind is a uh, is uh, yeah. getting in there. But I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. So no, cats actually can get sick from it. Yeah, yeah. they have they can have lung problems and all the whole business. Dogs cannot. I mean, no, I a thought... dog can carry like it on its fur right so if like a stranger pets the dog and then you pet the dog it's there can be a transfer but now the dog can't get sick and, and can't carry it internally oh, okay, okay. From, from what i understand okay but the time yeah there was a tiger in new york city that definitely caught it so so yeah scary times all right scary times all right stay safe all right guys thanks guys for tuning in to the tuesday show hope you guys are enjoying your weekly fgc stuff and trying to make things as normal as possible, so. Bird him. I played the bird. Oh, it's muted. Okay, hang on a second. Let me unmute it. I was like, where's my bird? I played it. There we go. Hey. Hey. Dude, trust me, King Vasuki. I'm right there with you all the time. Always there you go, gentle snow. Hey, stay, stay safe, everybody. Yep. Thank you.